Welcome to Declare Your Independence on the Free Talk Live Network. It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! No fear, no fear, no fear here on Declare Your Independence on the Free Talk Live Network and Genesis. One thing I've given you guys a teaser a little bit on the network with uh, Dr. Frank Tambury. He's a good friend of mine for years. We were heavily involved in the Ron Paul Revolution. And in the summer of 2015, Dr. Frank is a naturopath in Arizona. He's got a successful uh, men's health practice going on and my doctor my favorite kind so what happened is that he did some presentations to the republican legislative districts that he was in and he said you know this obamacare thing is not going to go well and it's you know he gave a lot of really good reason austrian economics ron paul supporting kind of guy but then Trump came down the escalator in 2015 that summer, and he goes, Ernie, don't be a hater, you know, but I want to come on and explain to people why he's going to win, you know. Well, I'm not necessarily a Trump supporter. He kept saying that for a while, you know. We are all like, yeah, right. But anyway, so he was very accurate in how this has gone on. Plus, he's very um, involved in pop culture. I mean, you know, he's one of those comic book guys. He, you know, has all the, uh, actor signatures on the poster for star Wars. I, you know, he's, he's very into pop culture movies. We talk about, he's a movie buff, audiophile. I mean, he has, he's produced some of his own music. He's, he's one of those guys. Well, what happened as we started doing the show, it became clear to us that there was an attack on, culture he was really hammering on culture stuff then we started getting the sociopathy you know the uh, the psychopaths and the sociopaths in the politics so everything over the years been like eight years we've been doing this and what happened was man if frank and ernie and the trump report was a clairvoyant so we're going to share that with you guys a little bit today because it's um it's interesting and last week because i was traveling uh, he and I didn't get to do our weekly show, so both of us kind of get Jones, and we got a whole bunch of stuff to say. So that's what we're going to do uh, for you guys here. Now, the regular audience, they know a, a, <laughs> our banter. We're like old married couple, you know, yelling at each other. Because my thing was, yeah, you can come on. You, you're still voting. I mean, you know, I'm just like... You're still voting? Oh, uh, oh, this this new guy will rule me. You may choose from fascist candidate A or communist candidate B. I mean, you know, I I, I don't care. It, it, that's not where the change is going to be. And as time has gone on, Dr. Frank and I have kind of, you know, we've uh, paralleled and starting to come to a point to where we both understand it's you. 
It is the people. This is it's general public opinion. And that is what's being targeted with all of this news, all of this, you know, social and economic engineering that's happening to us. But they have a genesis. They have a there's a system in place here. I just saw a video. Oh, Tiger, you know, our old um, uh, webmaster just sent me a couple days ago. He goes here. You know, this explains it really well. And it was Dr. Shiva. You know, um, he's a uh, MIT grad and has his own group, and he's always running for office in uh, Massachusetts and Boston area. And uh, he came across and discovered, before it became common knowledge, just how the federal government was using big tech to censor people. And he had lawsuits in the federal courts, and, you know, it's a long story. But he gave a presentation on the systems that are used to get general public opinion at least distracted and divided is their biggest thing because there's 8 billion people out here don't like what they're having done to them, so they don't need them united. Heck no, we got to divide, 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 and when people's best interests come in, you know, it's going to be a food thing. You know, we, we all want to, like, eat and stuff. Well, what happens? They start to come together in overlapping interest against they, them, those that won't leave us alone. T3, they, them, those. There's always somebody out there wanting to supplant their interest for mine and and me cheerlead for them. So this is where we're going, and we'll start off with Dr. Frank introducing himself real quick, and then he's going to get into the news, and it's monologue Frank, and sometimes I get to talk. Okay, so Frank... Go ahead and introduce yourself, and then what are the issues over the last couple of weeks we need to be unknown about? <laughs> wow. Well, first off, thanks, Ernie, and uh, again, welcome for a new audience. Yeah, it's sort of hard to summarize sometimes eight years of banter and topics and theme, but uh, you kind of get the right idea. Um, no, for the record, too, we don't spend uh, a lot of time on pop culture as far as uh, just talking movies and such, but the irony is it, that was a part of my life that I really didn't bring up into this. Uh, uh, to me, the politics was enough going on. Uh, economics, uh, Austrian economics, that's pretty much how Ernie and I had known each other. And I kept it that way. The pop culture was just a relief valve. So I didn't have my blood pressure going up uh, watching the news at night, which I decided not to do anymore because it was becoming too frustrating for, for most of us. Uh, so I would just go off and maybe watch an old Star Trek or watch an old video where, where actually these new channels that were doing movie reviews and the irony was, is that the movie review sites and my cinematography, you know, film geek sites that were escaped from politics were slowly and then quickly getting dragged into the political discussion, which I was trying to avoid. <laughs> and that was the point. So somehow it slowly kind of got into the show as we started realizing uh, this was really more of a culture war. And one of the uh, the tenets that we talk about probably every week, so I may as well just throw it out there. I guess it's been kind of, kind of the brand or the theme of us, or at least me, is it always comes back to Karl Marx. We always, Trump reports always about Karl Marx, and some lefties might say, of course, of course. But Marx talked about <clears throat> that there's three things you need to do to take over a country or, or, or the people, because the people typically have three things that they think are more important than government. So, of course, if you're trying to have a nationalist takeover or a communist takeover, what you want to do is uh, make sure that they love government over everything else. So what are those three things that Karl Marx identified? And he's correct, is you have to stop or, or inter intercede 
people's love of God, their love of family, and their love of their culture. And I'm not sure if it was really in that in that order, but probably is. And of course, most of us listening today, uh, if you've been around for a while, of course, you've been watching this in the news or you've been feeling it in your own communities. They've been doing this for decades. This is not about Trump, right? So they've been attacking religion for decades. You know, if you're religious, uh, regardless of whatever religion that might be, that you're just stupid and silly and it's uh, it's a bunch of superstition. And we've now gotten to a point where a place in California now is trying to say that if you homeschool your kids, that's the equivalent of of child abuse because you're teaching your children anti-science, you know, that, you know, Noah's Ark, that couldn't have happened. So now we've gotten to the point where it's uh, anti-science, like the whole vaccine discussion. Now it's getting into religion. That's how far we've come. And then, of course, the attack on uh, the family unit, which has been going on, I mean, probably a really long time. We've come a long way from Father Knows Best and Leave it to Beaver. And if you're old enough to remember those uh, shows, then uh, you, you already get it. So I think it probably started. We could probably debate it. But uh, I think pop culture started with Homer Simpson. Uh, it was a fun character, but it's turned into now Homer Simpson is the standard for men, especially white men in this country. And, uh, of course, women are all CEOs and bringing home the bacon. Actually, it was that show. We used to put that commercial uh, I'm a woman. Remember, I'm bringing home the bacon, frying up in a pan. We should we should play that one. I think that was the beginning, the beginning of all of this. And I and don't need a man. Of, yeah, exactly. We should find that old commercial. You know, I want to make this for. point. You know, uh, this is a good time to make this point. I wanted to bring up um, yeah. the big what do they call that Barbie Hammer? You know, or Hammer, whatever. Anyway, just right, the Barbie right, movie right. and the um, Oppenheimer uh, uh, atomic bomb movie. And, uh, a lot of times, you know, it, it's a double feature. My, uh, brother-in-law went, his family and they both went and marathon movied it over the summer. And, uh, his, uh, sons are like, you know, high school, college age. Well, what happened, I went and got my hair cut a couple of days ago and the woman cutting it, you know, we were yakking and she's going, yeah, I'm going to go see the Barbie movie and everything. And, you know, I don't want to get into, you know, controversy while somebody's got scissors on my head. But, you know, so I go, you know, um, I'm 62. My sister's really into Barbie. I mean, they take Dixie cups and make furniture out of it for them. I mean, before they had all the houses and crap and everything, they were mm-hmm. building it. And uh, then my daughters, you know, had a little, they weren't too heavy in the bar, but they definitely had some and, you know, went through their phase. And then um, they have the movie and, you know, uh, Margot Robbie, I'm going, oh, cool, she's kind of Barbie-esque, you know, whatever. And I said, you know, the thing is, though, is that it used to be women could – do whatever they wanted they'd have barbie doctor barbie executive barbie astronaut barbie whatever the heck you know barbie engineer barbara construction worker barbie cool great then you started getting you know minority barbies and whatever but then they started getting blue hair gay fat barbies or whatever the heck they do well what happened was it was all about empowerment and imagination and them playing yes i can be these things it wasn't just bombshell bimbo barbie looking to you know score a a rich can or something like that which is fine if you want your prince charming and so on pace go do that but now it's instead of being empowering in a young girl's mind that they can be any profession that they want or work towards i mean if they have the physical ability it's not like they're going to out bench prince you know conan the barbarian or something but the uh that i didn't have a problem with it's when, but therefore, all white 
straight males must die. <laughs> Ken needs to be put on the rack and tortured. I mean, you know, that kind of thing. That was not productive. I don't know where that came from, but it began. And now you have the Barbie. I haven't gone and saw it yet. I probably wait until it stream, and maybe when it gets down to three ninety nine or free, I might watch it. But I'd rather go see Oppenheimer. But the, the point is, is that here you have the whole Barbie mythos that they created for young girls is a powerful force, which is why Disney bought Star Wars to screw up and Marvel and Indiana Jones and all. I mean, they just taken every single one, anything that they could to try and divide because everything's about divide. This is what Dr. Shiva's video is all about. It's on freemasphoenix.com right now. You take and you divide people, men, women, black, white, gay, straight, rich, poor, as many different divisions as you can get before uh, people start becoming just American. You know, I'm America, and, uh, you, and you suck, and we are all against what you're doing. No, 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 no. we got to divide you. Well, when they start dividing men, women, a feminist uh, mindset originally was that you know, if women can do the job, do the job. You want to argue about equal pay? Well, you know, negotiate for equal, you know whatever you got to do. But then they start getting government involved. Then they start mandating. Whenever you start getting force and mandating or you get punished because you're not diverse enough or you get punished because you hired somebody you weren't supposed to or you rented your home to somebody you weren't supposed to or you did. I mean, this is where it starts to go wrong. Now, that's a social thing. And that eventually evolves into whatever. But using government force, taking your pension money and giving it and investing in certain things by a criteria that they set up with this environmental social governance that also includes diversity, equity, and inclusion, whatever the heck that means. So now we have Barbie, something as traditional as that. I mean, God, has at least the 60s, if not the 50s, when Barbie came out. And what they're taking is they're going, not only can women be anything they want to be and capable of doing, and hopefully in a meritocracy, but the patriarchy must die. The men are the problem. You're not able to do this because there's some straight white guy that, you know, must be hammered on. And if you watch any television, movies now, and sure as heck commercials, you know, to have a uh, nuclear family, oh, my God, that's white, that you have uh, uh, a man, a woman, and children, and, oh, my God, the woman's a homemaker and takes care of raising the children, and, God forbid, homeschools. These kinds of traditional values are not only opposed, they're vilified, they're hammered on, they're, go, you're doing it wrong. So I definitely have noticed that throughout my life, and I can see the detrimental effects it's had on our society. And certainly, when I have daughters and daughters-in-law that are homemakers, you know, that stay at home, their husbands make a good living, they are able to take care of my 12 grandkids. They are so much better off having mom there or dad. I don't care, you know, but a parent is there. So I just wanted to inject that, that this Barbie thing yeah. is a definite neon flashing example of what you're talking about. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a great example, actually. Um, and uh, now I'm going to be passing on that movie. I'll be doing Oppenheimer. That's another story. But, yeah, I was mentioning the three things that Marx talked about to, to kind of, uh, you know, to Trump, dare I say. 
Uh, so we have the family unit, uh, God and the family, and often the family unit and religion go hand in hand. Uh, yeah. uh, it turns out that uh, I, something I was learned from sociologists that that the children become religious uh, more so from the father. In other words, if the father is religious or prays every day or goes to a synagogue or what have you, uh, that that is a much greater percent chance the children will follow that rather than the mother for whatever reason. It's kind of just interesting thing. So, of course, you break up the family unit or you make the man into Homer Simpson, the religion is tied to that as well in some ways. And then thirdly, what I was getting to is the, and, and Ernie, uh, a great point on this, is the culture. So, and that's where Trump kind of came in. Uh, it wasn't just about politics. It was, it's everything, because I'm sure we all know by now that it's not just about Trump. And the, the Trump is a side effect of the deeper problem that was brewing for decades, depending how long some of us have been following all of this. You know, for a lot of uh, normies, it was it wasn't until Trump or later on people started to realize, wait a minute, you mean the media doesn't always tell me the truth, or maybe there's some uh, pedophiles in some island? You know, a bunch of crazy uh, people were talking about this 15 years ago. I thought it was all conspiracy theory, you know, or the voting issues, or what have you, or maybe not trusting your doctor because you realize that your doctor is part of a establishment that he's not independent. Uh, you know, this doctor looking out for you all the time. I mean, all of these. A somewhat of a cognitive dissonance that people have been going through all around the same time. And that's the culture issue and, and where Trump and the movies are all playing into. Um, it's interesting you're talking about with, with Barbie as well. And of course, you know, the, oh, oh, sorry, they, they try to divide us. Or you mentioned about dividing. And that's an important point, too, because you know, we have been more and more unified through these decades. I mean, I have argued, uh, you wouldn't know that from today. But I've argued, you know, during the Black Lives Matter issue, and we've talked about it on the show back then, you know, tell me how in the world we are more racist today than we were just five years ago or 10 years ago or 50 years ago. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I, I've even made the argument that we're the least racist nation in the world. And that really throws some people for a loop. But just if you're debating somebody, have them explain how we're more racist now than five, ten years ago. And I won't make this a long monologue on this point. We've covered it before. But, you know, we have more just if we just just take a look at black people alone. You know, there's more black millionaires and billionaires in this country than any country and, and, the, or, and or in the history of the planet. You know, we have more educated black people and minorities than any country on the planet. You have more opportunities. You know, the most powerful man in the world. You know, obviously being being black. All the more black, reason it to needs get... to be under attack. Exactly. The point it's, it's I've always made that que- that, that point. I, I remember the night when uh, President Obama won. Um, I was at John McCain's losing party. Not that I even voted for John McCain. I was just there to drink the champagne. But, um, but but I remember watching Jesse Jackson famously cry the night when Obama came out to accept um, you know, that, that he had won. And, uh, you know, I, I do think it was a moving moment for America. It was all fine. Uh, politics aside, but I remember turning my friend and I said, "I wonder what Jesse Jackson's job is going to be now. Like, 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 like what? What was he can just go into retirement? And he's done. You know, he just go off and say, all right, victory. I can just go off and enjoy my retirement. No, because it's sort of like like any movement or government program. It doesn't know how to end, and they have to. We're, we're like the military. You know, it's like once you have peace, you can't have peace. Got to have another war somewhere to keep it going." And so the irony is all of this fed into each other, where as we as race relations were the best ever in this country, obviously, and there's always room for improvement. But I mean, you know, just 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 look at interracial relationships on campuses or around. I mean, it's 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 a common thing, forgetting them throwing up, throwing it at us every day on commercials nowadays. But it's a natural thing. 
So all of this has happened. Same thing with uh, with uh, with women in the workforce. I mean, there's so so much equality with women doing things at this point that they're having a hard time. You know, now we're going back to should women, you know, go back and be and be mothers and, at home? You know, that's a whole other discussion. The women I'll, I'll themselves. Make a point on in a second. They're, they're going. But, look, what have I given up? What what have I yeah. missed? How am I going to? They hire hey, surrogate are, mothers and surrogate nannies to surrogate family for their surrogate children. I'm. Andy, there's this great point. There's a there's a bunch of podcasts going around now about with a bunch of thirty year olds and young people, which I don't really listen to, but you've probably seen them. They're, they're kind of going viral. And there's these young guys who are hosting these group uh, uh, podcasts of like five or ten people, usually women on there. And they're trying to explore the modern dating world and, and with, with, with sexual relations. You know, they're trying to because it's a whole new world now with with, uh, I don't know, with Instagram and and all of these meetups and whatever, all the stuff that they're doing. It's a different world. And they themselves need to figure this out. So I'm glad that they're having these discussions. Uh, hookup culture, all this stuff. You know, obviously with the dating apps, it's changed dating, which is why so many young men don't have girlfriends. They just sit home and play video games. And it's a fact now I think 10% of the men are dating 80 to 90% of all the women. I mean, it's completely turned everything upside down. It's basically become The Bachelor in real life. You know, that's Yeah, TV and show. these guys are so, more popular. So, they probably open the door for them. They probably pay for dinner. They probably got a job. Or, and if they don't, the women complain. They go, look, you know, I, I, they, they all want to do Dutch. They, all they want to do is sleep with you, you know, and they're a bunch of wimps that, you know, got to, you know, phone home. <laughs> well, well, well yeah, but, but the thing is, but, yeah, but that, that, that's kind of the point is that, if you're if if the women are all if ninety percent women are all picking the same ten percent the high value men you know for looks and money and status and whatever else well then why would a man want to settle down and have a family when they've got so many fish you know it does, it does, it does, I mean so it's almost self self propagating this problem so anyway the the, the punchline or the mic drop moment that was going viral a couple of weeks ago was the you know, the women are all talking about how they can't find a guy and this and that and they're talking about other problems and and basically what he had said was the, the one of the one of the commentators he said you know it used to be that you know women and men their status especially for women was they wanted to be like men and the status equal to men was how many men want to sleep with you in other words as a woman you're high value the more men want to sleep with you right that seemed to be what the goal was because maybe that's what men sometimes will look at as a status but for women that was the goal you know to, to look hotter and you know, face stuff and uh, whatever whatever filters on your on your on your instagram page and all that free talk live is brought to you by dash digital cash dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending in addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes to vote on. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by the treasury. In fact, that's exactly how we got this sponsorship. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first, nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. Freedom's the answer. What's the question? 
You're listening to Ernest Hancock. But for women, that was the goal, you know, to, to look hotter and you know, face stuff and uh, whatever, whatever filters on your, on, your, on your Instagram page and all this. And then this guy chimed in and he said, you know what? But it's changed. He said, the real value is how many men would want to marry you? Yep. And everyone, whoa! And the women in that, in that panel, you should see their face of crestfallen. But it really, it's an interesting twist. Where, where, yeah, that is the value. How many men want to marry you shows truly a value for now. Uh, uh, now, But that's part of the culture deal. So anyway, the, the, the culture is the one that unifies us, binds us. And, and as I said, if you're going after the religion or the, or the family unit, you go after the culture. And Trump, you know, for all of his warts and all, in a way, was kind of one last rallying of the old American culture uh, you know, uh, the, the, the ugly American, everything put together, um, and and they have to destroy all of that, right? In other words, our oh, no, he our, was a perfect uh, example. Older, the white, rape. older, rich, misogynist, blah 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 right. blah. He must therefore die. You know, not that I'm a Trump fan. I don't give a crap. You know, you know, any of these guys but want to rule. Being me, politically incorrect. Yeah, being politically incorrect. I mean, Trump would purposely just say something politically incorrect just because, just to show the reaction of the other side. So if they don't like the word when he says China virus, he goes, you know what? China virus. He'll say it even louder just just to make the point that, you know, that, that of not to be dictated like Orwell of what words you can say and not say. Because after all, words and, are part of our culture. And that's why so many words are under attack now. Now people can't keep up every week. It's a new word. You can't say this, can't say that. Now, I want to never had this. that before. You know, Trump, um, my problem with Trump was that uh, – he didn't go far enough. He cared what they said too much. You know, as much as he would be all boisterous about and want to do what he wanted, he still was, you know, reading every article, looking at what the commentary was, whatever focus group or poll of, you know, who gives a crap. And it was, you could see it. You know, he still uh, capitulated, especially politically with his appointments and who was in his cabinet and how he would deal. But, you know, on the whole, he still represented, represented exactly what they were trying to go, you know, the patriarchy, the misogynist patriarchy, you know, whatever that means. So I'm going, this is, um, uh, it was like, it was like, it was like food to the beast. You know, they really enjoyed, had they needed him there. Hell, CNN, you know, lasted years longer because of Trump, which now they're, they're done, you know. So this is, and, and Fox, all of them, they're done, you know, because what's happened, General public opinion will always rule out what they're trying to do is to make general public opinion must be dictated by people other than the public <laughs> you know mm. so i can see trump at the time that he was gaining in popularity the same thing was happening with brexit in europe and that was nigel farage and all that stuff so now what did we just go through they, the United Kingdom debanked Nigel Farage. He was a member of uh, European Parliament. Then he was a member of Parliament in uh, the United Kingdom. He's got United Kingdom Independence Party. I mean, he's he's got it going on, and and they just he just pissed him off. Well, he's all buds with Trump, and that's a good enough reason to cancel him. Well, they had some woman that was head of one of the big banks that was their diversity hire of whatever, and global warming's my number one thing. Well, what does she do? Just totally canceled uh, Nigel Farage banking. Why? Because didn't like him. What did he do wrong? Didn't like him. 
So then it became such a big deal that they're, whoa, then the United Kingdom government gets involved. And I don't know the royals, they sit around, you know, waiting to see who wins. But the um, all of a sudden, now they're having investigations. Now they're checking, oh, we're ever so sorry. She did it wrong. You're back in. But what it showed is how far they're willing to go and how long their memory is that they are going to make you pay anyway. So this is becoming so obvious and by a minority, a very vocal, loud, screaming minority that is just, you know, making sure that they get what they want in the social and economic engineering of a future that they desire funded and supported by non-governmental organizations, these NGOs, by rich individuals, the World Economic, whatever the heck, and they all share board of directors on everything and buddies and own the media. You know, so we are at war. The vast, vast, vast majority of the human beings on this planet are at war with a horn, pony horn, pointy fang, blood dripping pony tail people. And this is going to not end well, and it is going to come up against actual physical resistance against these people with guns. The people that have law enforcement at their beck and call, like the FBI in America. You know, they'll raid, you know, freaking, you know, Mike Lindell that sells pillows you know, the FBI goes after Stone, Roger Stone and him and Trump and all that. But they're not going after the pedophiles. There was no FBI raid on, you know, a big giant long list of, oh, my God, need to be raided. So this is and then now you get Hunter Biden, you know, and his father, the president day of the United States of America. And when he was VP with enormous amounts of evidence of how corrupt they are. I don't see any FBI action other than trying to protect them. And, 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 and we have to also add is not only is all this going on, this corruption, uh, and I'm not I'm not trying to support the Republicans here, but the Republicans have are so milquetoast. They're just sitting back wondering whether we should investigate an impeachment or look into this further part it's, of it. It's just that I know. I know exactly. So 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 guys, for the audience that's sort of new, I just want to give you that little quick primer. Um, uh, before we go off topic of culture that we'll be getting to later today. Uh, there, of course, is the Hunter Biden deal uh, with the plea deal that fell apart, some topical politics, which Ernie's famous line is, I just don't care about don't it. Care. But we'll probably inject some. I don't, don't care. Just to get used to that one. Uh, also, the predicted market as far as with the uh, the new polls, at least the horse race for the Republicans. Again, Ernie, just don't, don't care. care. <laughs> but I do. I do. Want, I just want to mention it because it's been a couple of weeks. We haven't done the show. And uh, of course, Tucker Carlson interviewed each of these guys one on one. There was uh, we never got to have fun talking about that, but also with with Vivek and how his his push up in the polls, what's happened to DeSantis, which he's like the last hope for all the neocons. And uh, anyway, that's another story. We will address that. Also, uh, one of our topics that has slightly gotten into our show on occasion is the whole ufo discussion no we're not making this the art bell show for you guys that are new however it is i mean it's they just had a whole congressional hearing about it coming out of the closet saying this is real whether it is or not but now it's in the congressional record and it is it is bipartisan the only time i've seen democrats republicans all on the same page on something i think it's risen above and is this the greatest distraction of all time or is, oh, it, uh, is it real or not? Either way, but we will talk about that. Also, we have I have an astounding AI 
story that Ernest Hancock is going to love. But Can't when wait. we get to it, it's all oh, Ernie. You have no idea. It's going to be a fun one. But man, it's going to seem simplistic, but it is going to a can of worms. And for you guys listening, you might want to check in for that one if we don't, especially on the podcast. Yeah, also, AI girlfriend. Also, an AI girlfriend. Am I cheating if I'm AI girlfriending? Yeah, we're kind of getting close to it. Uh, and then we have, of course, uh, uh, we have Mitch McConnell. Not that anyone probably cares on this channel. Uh, he did. I, I guess there's not much else to say about it. But I just, as a doctor, I do play doctor. Broke out and on for, the for freaking those of podium. You, <laughs> I, I'm not. Uh, by the way, Ernie uh, was. It was. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a proctologist. Oh, that's what people think I do. I'm a. I focus in urology and prostate cancer. Uh, but for a lot of men, all they think about is that certain test uh, with the rubber glove. So they think it's a proctologist. Very, very Do different. I know but you. Regardless, same thing to Ernie because I've uh, I've been able to. Uh, uh, when he annoys me too much, I do his uh, prostate exam without lube. So you have to be nice to me, Ernie. Uh, yeah. But anyway, then yeah, Ernie, so you're pissing have... me off. You need another appointment. No, I know. Well, I took up <laughs> my patients. They work for the federal government. I charge them extra for lube. Uh, but anyway, then we have. We have uh, with Mitch, Mitch McConnell, I think what he had the other day, most of you saw that video, um, they're saying a stroke, but I think more technically, most likely, is a TIA, a TIA, a, a, some of you might know, it's a, called a transient ischemic attack. It's basically a mini stroke. They're very, they're, they're, they're quick and fleeting, exactly what you saw. So just an FYI, what you saw occur to him is almost guaranteed a TIA, which is just a very small clot that just gets flushed out fairly How quickly. How old is he? Um, He's like 81, 82 or something. And, 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 and that, that's a larger issue, too, about why it, it's, it's amazing. In all of our lifetimes, I don't think we've seen such uh, age in politics. Yeah. It's as if that that generation does not want to let go, which is an interesting question. Why not? Why yeah. is the transfer of They're power generation enough. able to, to, to transfer, and yet, and yet it's not? And my hunch might be, the culture issue again, that there's such a cult. And when I mean culture this time, I don't mean you know, what we're normally talking about, but the generational culture that young people today are just see the world completely different being born with an iPhone in their hand versus the older generation. I think there could be something to that about a, a deep foundation change of who's running things and maybe a distrust of the young people who see the world differently, good or bad. But lastly, before we get into any of those topics, I just want to give a heads up for those of you who think we're just mandering about uh, pop culture. Before we get off the pop culture, uh, big news, big news in the culture war in a way and business. Did you hear the news release uh, this week, Ernie, about Heartland of America? Did you hear about that? No. So get this. There is now a competition for Disney World. So far, we have Universal ah. Studios and we have Dollywood. Well, turns out a big investor, uh, turns out he was one of the owners of the, the, the largest franchise holder of Pizza Hut. So some guys call him the Pizza Hut guy. He now has personally put together $2 billion. And this is, a, this is a real deal. They just announced it. A new amusement park, theme park, the size of Disneyland, and even to be bigger, called Heartland of America. And it's going to be... In the heartland, I, I, I don't quote me. I think it's. Was it going to be in, themed on America Revolution? Yep, it's all America. So, so Bible, you go off in, and it's all a whole model and everything. You can check out online. They did all press conference. A lot of my uh, Disney sites that kind of track Disney news, which we cover often on the show a little too much, uh, they're all covering it. So when you walk in, it instead of uh, the big Cinderella castle 
Instead, you're going to have a giant flag, American flag. And the, and the rides, there's nothing commercial going on here. The rides are all based off of America. So, for instance, there's, a, there's like a roller coaster. It goes through the mountains, and the theme is Bigfoot and the Yeti. You know, there's another theme uh, that, that takes you in the bayous or sort of like a log flume. Yeah, Paul but Bunyan again, log run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right, right. And, and so they're, they're, they're hearkening back. Now, what's also interesting is that Walt Disney, he, he fashioned Disneyland from his youth from like the 1930s. So uh, there's that old town 1930s uh, uh, feel, like from the old TV shows, like, like the Andy Griffith show is what he tried to do. Well, this gentleman was born in the 50s. And so the, uh, the, the so American Heartland Main Street is going to be 1940s and 50s America. And, and it just goes from there. So what's fascinating is there's no IPs. There's no, there's no properties that have been co-opted and have been woke. It's going to be in America's heartland. Uh, and it's going to divert a lot of the money and the frustration of people like myself, who just, just uh, I told the audience a few weeks ago, we were going to go to Disneyland. My daughter, who's six, has never been there. It should be a wonderful time, princesses and all. And I just said, no, I am done with Disney for a whole host of reasons. The last straw was watching that trans guy wearing a, you know, the guy with the mustache dressed as Snow White greeting the little girls at Princess Land. I said, I'm done, done, done. (laughs) And so we went to, uh, we, we we went to Knott's Berry Farms in California. Never heard of it. Had a great time. Knott's Berry was just kind of an Americana type of park. Had a wonderful time without all the hassles. And so now here's American Heartland that's that's uh, it's drumming to suck whatever's left of Disney's uh, uh, cultural um, uh, power. So I just wanted to bring that up. To, well, where is it going uh, to be at? Missouri or Oklahoma or something? Yeah, I think I think it's Missouri. Let me just double check it as you look it up here. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Missouri has, um, you know, God, what is it? That Finger Lake uh, campground area thing. It's a very, you know, summer vacation, June, bring your RV kind of stuff. As Donna and I on the Le Bus Liberty Tour, as we're going around the country the last few years, uh, for the audience that doesn't know, um, we're from Phoenix. And we in uh, early 20, we had planned this in late 19. We could see what was coming. And we bought a 40-foot, MCI bus, you know, like a big Greyhound bus, and it's uh, totally decked out, a studio built into it, bedroom, bathroom, kitchen, full, kind of, it's nice. And we traveled the country, and we just go all the small towns around in opposition to mandates on vaccinations. So we uh, are, uh, you know, all right. We are the ones that created the Ron Paul Revolution logo, the Ron Paul Revolution back in 08 and 12. And what happened, we call it the Love Bus, and it has that love, you know, logo on it. And um, so we have a lot of contacts and a lot of like-minded people around the country that when the lockdown happened, the scamdemic, that they were of the mind, we're not closing our gym, our restaurant, our business. So, you know, bite me. And they needed support. They needed the sign campaign. Well, we brought a bunch of equipment and a lot of room underneath the bus. And we did full campaign, the same as we did for Ron Paul's campaign. We went to the streets and supported rural areas in opposition. to. And it always came from 
you know, the teachers union, you know, the, the municipal employees, the whoever got their or the county level of got their orders from the NGO of whatever the hell. But the vast, vast majority of people, certainly in the rural areas, were in great opposition to all this BS and oftentimes just ignored it. Now, you get into the cities and that was a, you know, a different story, but there still were people in opposition. They just, you know, they, they divided you. And, you know, gaslit you and you hate and want to kill grandma kind of thing. So as time has gone on, when you talk about the heartland, uh, this amusement park stuff, they demonstrated every opportunity that, you know, we're against them and that and whatever that is. So eh, they're voting for Trump. You know, if you're still voting, all right, they were going for Trump. Then, you know, uh, heartland. um, Yeah, we'll go to that amusement park. Oh, and we have the opportunity to give a middle finger to them by group buying in the whole church. If we're going to go see Sound of Freedom on the exploitation of children and so on, boom, we're all over it and beat out Indiana Jones. You know, so this is um, it's there. They don't want you to think it's there. They don't want you to know it's there. They don't want you. They're gaslighting you. And every opportunity people are demonstrating, nope, don't care. And when Trump won out and overcame the fraud that they were able to get away with in 16, man, Hillary and the the crowd, they just went, oh, heck no. And from then on, you could see it in legislation because we're political activists in Arizona. And my big thing was election law since the late 80s. You know, I've lawsuits all the way in Ninth Circuit, like, you know, it's a long story. But the point was, as I could see, this too shall pass. Eventually, people are going to see how corrupt the election process is. Certainly in Arizona, I give you Maricopa County, Neon told you so, okay? So this is just right in line with what we've been covering, popularizing, uncovering, exposing, and the theme on Freedom's Phoenix is uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies, which is what we've been doing, and certainly on this show. I have only two shows that I do on a regular basis. I mean, we have a lot of interviews and so on, you know, five days a week, you know, and then we have the uh, network um, that we have there, a couple of networks that pick up our show, and then the network that goes out in Genesis on the Free Talk Live network on Monday. Now, what happened is, as we do all of these shows and so on, we see what Frank is talking about. And there's only two shows that I do regularly. One, every other Wednesday with James Corbett. Then every Thursday when we can, every now and then we'll miss, like I missed last week because I was traveling from Washington to Maine. Now what happens is this is the only time that we really talk in summation of what's been going on over the last week or two. When we do that, the one thing that we've been waiting on, and we can bring this up as the next issue, is that Dr. Frank and James Corbett and I, uh, CorbettReport.com, we go, it's going to be aliens. You know they're scraping the bottom of the barrel. They got to divide. They got to distract. They got <laughs> It's going to be the aliens are coming. Well, they're either already here or whatever, but they're definitely going to bring that one up. And now you watch this stuff in Congress where military pilots, military people in the know, commercial pilots, everybody going, yep, and we got the bodies. Yep, and we got the craft. Yep, and they're reverse engineering. Yep, we see them all the time. Yep, it's a regular thing. Is it a national security threat? At the very least, they need to know, you know, my F-18 plus super 
Hornet going to go kick butt. Can't keep up with them. So now what? We just ignore them? You know, who is it? What is it? What's it? Don't care. No, don't, and if you say anything, eh, we kill you. You know, so these whistleblowers are coming out, but are they part of the programming? How the hell do we know? I don't trust anything anybody does in Congress anyway. So, 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 so since we're talking <laughs> aliens, since we're talking aliens, oh boy, I just don't want the audience to think this is a normal thing. Although it's, you know, it's kind of it's like, it's kind of like, uh, uh, I never brought politics to my office. I still try not to. But then Obamacare passed, and slowly, you know, politics started to invade my practice. You know, and I often say, I mean, I, I don't get involved in anyone else's business. The government gets involved in mine, so now it's fair game. So suddenly, uh, it, you're forced to deal with it. Or like these podcasts I said earlier, politics gets involved in the movie business and pop culture. So so it's you know it's it's everywhere, and have. that's. Showing the, the, the instability of the culture and the country that we're at this point. And even normies are just saying, oh, I'm tired of all the politics. Well, anyway, UFOs, like you're saying, it's, it's, it, it's a harbinger or perhaps a sign of how close we are to uh, a cultural or, or, or country, at least establishment collapse. Because I think whether it's true or not, um, and I, I'll make comment on that in a minute because I think it probably is. But if it is true. Um, it shows you how desperate the system is, because if it's the deepest secret, well, then, you know, why reveal it now? It's almost as if if the you know, if the president right now is about to be exposed to all the corruption, which I know is a job description, the way you would see it. Um, and I get it. But it's, it's, it's not just Biden. It's it's the whole system that covers it up. It's the system that's backed Biden. It's the system that knew this guy was corrupt. And then they tank Bernie Sanders, for instance to push Biden to the front during the primaries, which we covered every part of that election in detail to Ernie's chagrin there. But we wound up doing that. I mean, all, and, and then, of course, the Epstein Island. Remember, the Epstein Island issue isn't really about Epstein. I mean, it really should be about the children, of course, but, but it's not about Epstein. The story of, of, of Epstein is the system that all knew about it and insulated him, both politically, you know, our government would, would know about it, the media knew about it, and, and how deep and how much how many tentacles uh, and, and, and where, where, where is the mental state of our of our leaders um, that something like that could exist for 20 plus years. And, and everyone knows about it. I mean, that's the deeper issue. So um, uh, but 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 anyway, what was I was I talk, talking about with aliens. Uh, the aliens? Thank you. The aliens is that is that if we're at this point where everything's being exposed, you know, the world is being the, the, the media is being turned upside down. I've said many times in prior shows that throughout human history, information always in some way came from the top down, whether it's a dictator or it's the media companies that have more money than you. But for the first time in history, it's going the bottom up where the people now have a voice and say and say whatever, which, of course, is why they want to censor everything. But with all that happening, it's like a ride where you're going upside down on a roller coaster and everyone's coins and and dirty laundry or whatever is in your pocket start to drop out because you didn't expect to be upside down. And I think all of these establishments, scandals, and things that were already there, and, uh, you know, we just never knew about it. Like the the Bilderbergers, for instance, as an example. Something that was always there, but there was not enough media or YouTube or what have you to even get the stuff exposed. And now they're like, all right, well, uh, they admit it now, whatever. So all of these things are coming out. So the UFO story, if you think about it, would be, you know, the, the largest story, probably more than the JFK deal, because it's not just, you know, the fact that, you know, 
other aliens, aliens that are around us, about our place in the universe, the philosophy. I mean, that's a whole, whole thing in itself. But it, it immediately shows the, the level of secrecy that our own government is able to do. And then if, and, and if you realize the government's been hiding this to that level, well, then what other so-called conspiracies might be true? Whether they're true or not, it just causes another cognitive dissonance for people to say, my God, was anything I was told true, whether it's JFK or whether it's 9-11 or whether it's the Gulf of Tonkin or whatever. I mean, everything gets in doubt. And that's where you lose the trust. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. Welcome to Declare Your Independence on the Free Talk Live Network. It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember... I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! Let us make them remember. We are not afraid! Are you not contained? This is more of the conversation that I have with Dr. Frank Tambury on a weekly Trump report that turns into a culture report. We've been doing for eight years. This is a continuation of the conversation we're going to play for you this evening. And you can go check out the full interview, which is like twice as long, on Declare Your Independence with me, Ernest Hancock. Declare Your Independence with ErnestHancock.com, and it'll have the full show. The UFO story, if you think about it, would be you know the, the largest story, probably more than the JFK deal, because it's not just you know, the fact that, you know, other aliens, aliens are around us about our place in the universe, the philosophy. I mean, that's a whole, whole thing in itself. But it, it immediately shows the, the level of secrecy that our own government is able to do. And then if, and, and if you realize the government's been hiding this to that level, well, then what other so-called conspiracies might be true, whether they're true or not, it just causes another cognitive dissonance for people to say, my God. Was anything I was told true, whether it's JFK or whether it's 9-11 or whether it's the Gulf of Tonkin or whatever. I mean, everything gets in doubt. And that's where you lose the trust, kind of like with patients. The minute they stop trusting their doctor, the minute they see their doctor not as their doctor with their own best interest, but they see their doctor working for the man or the system or the insurance company or some code on the computer when they barely look at you. That's when patients, they lose the confidence, which is very important when you're going through a healing crisis. So it's a very similar thing. But that's why the alien story is fascinating, because it's, 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 it's multi-pronged. 
Now, I want one quick point on the alien. It's the alien story itself. Uh, you know, I don't want to make this again the Art Bell thing, but I have to say, I listened to Tim Pool comment on the hearings that were just the other day. And, you know, I, I, I do like listening to Tim. I think I've, I've watched his evolution politically. He's, you know, a, a smart, smart young man. Um, but listening to him comment on the UFO situation, I realized how little he understands what has been said so far. He was, he was parroting what I honestly used to think, too. You know, how, how could there be UFOs? Because everyone's got cell phones and, you know, whatever's going on, it must be just top secret government stuff. And after all, the SR-71 Blackbird was it was it was uh, admitted to back in what 1969 or something i mean and that was the blackbird the year i was born essentially so if the blackbird which still looks like a space plane today was go just imagine what they have today and you can just say yeah, anything goes and it's easy for me myself to just write that off which i did you know i i remember ufos when i was a kid i read about them but you know later on Watched i matured out of that Right. I, yeah. I, of course, I love all you know the, the sci-fi, but I didn't. I, I honestly did not believe that these stories that seem more and more outlandish, whether it's the abductions or 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 you know insect aliens and all this stuff, it's just it's just beyond crazy. But I have to say, I'm not, I'm not saying insect aliens exist or whatever. But the just the basic pro, the issue of these UFOs that very likely are not man-made. I have to tell you, without going into all the details, the more you start to look into this, um, th th things start to connect. And, and it, 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 it blew my mind. And now I understand why you have you know, Marco Rubio and politicians putting their own reputations on the line, uh, government people coming out, military. Uh, but but it, the important thing is when you if you just scratch the surface on the, on the, on the top, it, it, it doesn't it, it's hard to maybe wrap your head around it. But the more you start looking into it and I know it's dangerous. That also means like you're going down rabbit holes on the Internet. And that's not what I'm implying here. It, um, but if you do a deep dive through history and you pull up like Life magazine articles, there's things that were published in the 1950s that are the exact same stories people are seeing today, as an example, which just that. I mean, same pictures, you know, the same, you know, the Black Triangle, for instance, 1950 something. You know, I, I, I told you on the show, uh, Marilyn Monroe is in a bathing suit on the front cover of a Life magazine from 1954. And inside is an artist's rendition of the exact same giant mile-long black triangle that flew over Phoenix in 1997 for the Phoenix Lights. And, you know, I'm sure the people who talked about it, the thousands of people, including our governor here in Arizona that saw it in 1997, didn't know about the 1954 article and said, oh, yeah, I'm just going to make up this ruse and I'm just going to copy with some old you know, magazine article. No, no. So when you see that's just one example. And I don't want to get further into it, but I started to realize Tim Pool, as an example, was insane. He's in the same mindset that I was. And I could see the 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 evolution or rabbit hole, whatever you want to look at. But there's more to the story. And hence, as I personally and, and, and we're not going to make this UFO show, but as I personally, I'm starting to see that there really could be something there. Uh, and then the cover up behind it, I'm starting to see well, why is it being released now, which is more topical for our show. Is it the greatest psyop of all time? It certainly is. So is this is this on purpose to throw everybody off the destruction of, of our country and the economy, which, you know, after all, we're talking about UFOs right now. And not the destruction of the dollar, which is really the story that many of us uh, would agree is really a more of an important story. But that is where the conversation goes. Or 
and this is the last point, Ernie. Thanks for letting me get all this out. Is this <laughs> like further evidence of the culture war at its deepest level? And let me explain. What we're seeing with Trump was the first time that the deep state, who has its own resistance, came through. In other words, like in Congress, right? The Republicans were in Congress. Well, they don't say they're in Congress. They had what's called the Freedom Caucus, right? The Freedom Caucus were made up of basically Tea Party Republicans because the average Republican, they're all neocons. So if you happen to be a, a, a nationalist of a Tea Party guy, you know, then, you know, you, you, you had to kind of create your own faction. And that's where the Freedom Caucus uh, came up. It, it was created. Now the Freedom Caucus is almost the majority. And that's what the whole House Speaker problem with McCarthy that went on all night or how it was like a week or something. Yeah, with, it was uh, like, I don't know, 16 ballots or some crap like 16 that. 16 ballots, right. That's what all that was about. It was the fact that the Tea Party or the Freedom Caucus has gotten so large and so influential that they were able to make that move and to, uh, demand concessions from the establishment arm, which they couldn't do before. So that is what's happening. And we're seeing that in Congress. We also saw that with the with the deep state. When? When Donald Trump was getting under attack, when he when uh, or, or Hillary Clinton, when Hillary Clinton uh, and Trump both in 2015 and 16, what was all the information wars we're seeing, all these leakers, right, about Hillary Clinton and the emails, the whole thing that, that, that through Comey at the last minute, he had to investigate last minute emails that were found that were on uh, Anthony Weiner's phone that connected to, to, to Hillary Clinton. Yes, we have long memories on this show that uh, all the stuff that we don't care about. But if you remember what was going on, apparently, were, I don't say conservatives, but um, let's say uh, patriot or whatever word you want to use, the non-deep state, deep state people who were doing their job. They're good FBI, CIA agents, I guess. They're regular Americans. But the country and the deep state has changed underneath them as well. So they're creating their own resistance factions of, of pushing back against this organized corruption at the top. So when they saw Trump run, they looked at him as someone worthy of saying, look, you know, maybe this is the time to put up or shut up. And that's when these leaks started to come out against against Hillary and the deep state. Uh, and then, of course, they're fighting back by the made up FISA court, you know, you know, P tapes and all the stuff with Trump. But but that's the internal war there that we're seeing, you know, the, the white hats or whatever word you want to use. I don't want to use that word. That sounds like QAnon, whatever. But but that's that's what we're seeing. It's truly happening. Um, and hence. This is what apparently the real story is also about the UFO story, is that the UFO story has been top secret because of the big money involved, military industrial complex, these, these private aerospace companies that, that are basically working with or for the government, but they, they house all the UFO stuff at private aerospace companies. So technically it's private. So therefore, Congress can't get access to it. So, so they're playing this uh, shell game, hiding stuff, right? But there are many people who are who are who are exposed to this, who know about whatever's going on with this UFO thing, and they don't like the way it's going. They feel that it should be open to humanity. They feel that the research is being stymied, that uh, bad things have happened, un-American things, uh, uh, whatever. So you're having the the the, the, the a, a faction that has for decades wanted to have this stuff released. But there was never enough political will or opportunity to, to do anything about it. 
But as this resistance in America, as we're seeing this breakup of the uh, separation of us, good or bad, but we're having people finally push through from the establishment. Uh, in fact, they passed the Whistleblower Act, that which allows people to come forward and talk about their UFO experience as they're part of the government and not lose their job and not, and not yeah. be hassled. You know, I got so, I got to mention this. Well, I, I we did a uh, look into that years ago doing a show, and the only thing that impressed me that gave me to get whistleblower status, you gotta let the government know you're going to be a whistleblower. <laughs> like, mm. It was like, can you imagine Edward Snowden? Okay, now I want to <laughs> I want to file I want to file with the whistleblower thing. You know? <laughs> no, I know. And I, I, I know. It, I'm it, going, it's a no. bit like. No. It's a bit like the chicken or the egg. I, I definitely get it. But anyway, but that, 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 that's just it's an interesting point that a lot of the UFO community is talking about, that that's the that's kind of a deeper issue. It's not even about aliens anymore. It really it's it's what is, you know, it, 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 is that there's a civil war within the deep state itself over whether or not this should be you know public knowledge or not. And a lot of it's just <laughs> greed and money, because what, what apparently is going on is it's not about. Uh, you know, good guys who just think all of humanity should have access to this and be aware. Many people do think that, apparently. But what it really is about is a lot of new private companies, a lot of new tech companies. Uh, maybe Tesla is an example. I'm not saying that's them, but there's a lot of uh, other, you know, new billion dollar companies that weren't around in the 1940s and 50s. They're not, they're not Lockheed, you know, they're, they're, they're not Boeing. These are new companies now that want access to some of this technology apparently that's what's going on and they've been locked out and it's almost like a monopoly that the government has done sweetheart deals with you know the, the, again the military industrial complex has taken decades of evolving all the key players well you have all this new money in silicon valley and, and elsewhere and they're hearing about this and they want access to it but now the government's in a strange spot because in order to bring other companies into it you know, uh, how do you do that without revealing it to everybody or can you? And and that's kind of a, why this is a little complicated politically, apparently, is what I'm hearing. So um, anyway, so, yeah, all of this is it's just another symptom, I think, of the the deep state war, the the the, the, the I guess people in this country standing up from the establishment and either fighting back or separating from it, decoupling from it, which we're seeing with the parallel economy, which is a whole nother deal like heartland of america you know you can't change disney disney wants to go to, wants to go down the tubes and self-destruct well we're just gonna say you know what we're tired of trying to convince or 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 get along we'll just do our own thing for better or for worse and that's the culture war coming to a conclusion where and how does this end how does this end does this one side capitulate to the other and we go back to the 1950s or even the 1980s where, you know, we had political disagreements, but nothing like yeah, today. No, this this, this side, this bi bifurcation thing, left, right, them, they, whatever. I'm going, no, no, no. There's at least three sides to everything. There's this one, opposite to them, and me, okay? I go, do I get a side? You know, I get to decide for me. Do I get to have a, an opinion, a criteria that's separate from these two I get offered, which is often the same thing? You go, it's, it's like this in politics. This is what I learned. I've been doing this 35 years, since late 80s. I was in my 20s. I, I get it. This is what happens. You have the all CNI pyramid. You got the left side, the right side. You go up high enough on the pyramid, you find it converges. It's the same thing. 
They're the same people doing the same crap for the same reasons. It's just different Coke or Pepsi. I mean, you're going to get your sugar, you know, or your corn syrup or whatever. So I'm just, this is um, all of this distraction on how and what you're, the way you're going to be ruled is why I'm not a fan of political change. That doesn't mean I don't get involved in politics. I get my soapbox. I've run for Congress three times, U.S. Senate against McCain, ran for Secretary of State twice, county recorder, legislature a few times. I'm in the fight, and I get in because you get to have a say. And when I get up there and I express myself and all this, now they're looking back, wow, that early guy was right. What the hell, man? When I get back to Arizona, we're going to play on what? Occupy the land. We're creating an effort. OccupyTheLand.org. You'll start to see what we're doing. But the point is, as I know with this, you'll own nothing. And here's your happy shot. It's land. It's the ability to educate your own children, feed your own children, uh, you know, water your own children. I mean, you know, be able to uh, enjoy life, sit on the back porch, watch the sunset while smoking a doob, and you don't need to work that much because you don't have the vampire squid interest to the central banks in your face and you're out in the middle of you're not regulated, you're not in a homeowner association. If I got my stuff paid off and you guys can suck it because I built my own dwelling on my own land well hell no you're so freaking not allowed to do that well you know now we got the governor of arizona just a couple weeks just came out and said i don't know if i told you this frank check this crap out she goes no more building permits for any home in maricopa county that's on well water and i'm going so I got to go through the municipal water treatment. Here's your fluoride dose plant. Really? Well, in our 20 acres, I'm like, man, we're just going to do rainwater. You know, if you all right, check this out, 20 acres, you set aside an acre. You take an acre, you dig it four feet deep. You put gravel in it. That gives you one third of the two thirds is displaced by the gravel. One third of the space is water. So three feet, now you do four feet just to kind of, you know, have some extra and make sure you don't get light down that will mess up the water. You bring it up to three feet. Three feet of water in an acre area, kind of a, you know, just gravel-covered pond kind of thing, just from a foot of rain gives you one acre foot, which is 326,000 gallons. I think I can make it on that, okay? So I go, I set aside an acre. Well, what are you going to do with it? Nothing. But it's gravel. Hell, I can park on it if I wanted to. You know, the whole thing is, if I do that, am I not on well water? Am I good now? Can I build? Am I all right? And I say I don't even need a permit, so suck it. Now what? You know, they're going to, oh, no, you can't. They want you off the land. They don't want you self-sustaining. That's why we're going to be pressing this. We're going to bring this up. We're going to file suit. We're going to have standing. We're going to bring this into the conversation. It's going to be part of campaigns. It's going to be an issue. This is what I've been doing for 35 years is making things an issue, whether it's gun rights or Internet or censorship or uh, economics or whatever it is, we are able to inject 
injected into the conversation that they don't want injected. I've had the Arizona Republic editorial board. They got like 13 guys in there, and they bring me in, and they want to explain it to me. If I would only pick, because we used to do a thing called Citizens Taking Initiative, was a newspaper, and we would file all these uh, political initiatives, and then some of them would take off. That's why we got unrestricted concealed carry in Arizona. That's why we got, you know, a bunch of things that we did, you know, an education reform and different things. Because if a freedom-oriented person got into the legislature, what kind of bills would we introduce? Boom, these. Wow, that's good. That's a good idea. We'll do that. And then politicians see the support from the people. They, you know, put a bill in and get all kinds of support. It passes. Oh, my goodness, what the hell just happened? Well, this we have experience with. Well, the Arizona Republic, the largest newspaper in Arizona at the time, I don't know what's a freaking penny saver now, but, you know, what happened was the editorial board, they're bringing me in, and this is the deal they tried to offer me. This was um, December of 93. I remember we were first getting going. I've been doing this a long time. And what they offered me is I got to pick one or three issues that they wouldn't go against. They would kind of give a nice little article and promote a little bit, a little bit. You'd be in with the family a little bit if we would abandon all these others because we had 36 initiatives filed. This is what we would do, and you guys all suck. You know, they go, woo-hoo, what the crap was that about? So what did we do? We go. Issues, very important, demonstrated the popularity of them. Some legislators would get all kinds of attention, and they get stuff passed, and then bring me in and kind of, you know, not have us mess up their plan for whatever the hell else that they had. And back then, it was it was um, um, uh, environment. You know, it, it started with Kyoto and the Rio de Janeiro treaties and everything. That was the starting pistol for the New World Order. Uh, here we go. Daddy Bush gets up there in the early 90s. You know, the New World Order and all this. Man, they just got on it. And we were in their way. So they offered us that we get these some issues. They didn't understand that all of these issues were centered around the hub of leave-me-aloneism, of freedom, of liberty. They, they couldn't comprehend it. And I'm going, no, I don't need you. You guys don't even know. You have no idea what's coming. So this has been a long time. My adult history, my you know, majority of my life with my wife and four kids because we understood what was going to happen for our grandchildren that are now starting to be teenagers. This is a lifelong, eternal vigilance kind of thing. Well, what is it that they want? Control. And one of the things is, is if you are able to sustain yourself, if you are able to keep breathing in and out without their permission slips, that you can feed yourself, make sure you got water, got a nice dwelling, educate your children, make them, oh my goodness, they know how to actually feed themselves and build houses. What the crap is going to happen then? That, 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 that is why we're doing OccupyTheLand.org. And the reason is because I know that is what the biggest threat to their future plans for the masses of humanity is that you be under their control. Nope, 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 nope. I need to out this and make sure it's very clear. And where am I going to do it? Yeah, I can play politics. I'll run for, I don't vote. 
I mean, it's common knowledge. You know, and some new reporter will go, well, we see that you don't vote. And all the other reporters are going, no, never do that with Ernie. Because, of course, I'll explain it to them, right? It's just an opportunity to express this and show the other candidates sitting up at the desk, sitting at the forum, sitting up at the chairs on the stage. They see the excitement from the crowd. So what happens? They change their rhetoric a little bit. Then it's the next election cycle, and they adopt this kind of stuff. It's general public opinion. They go to where they see the support, and the only support that they get is a check from some NGO or special interest that wants them to do whatever. And they go, oh, yeah, I'll be your boy. And once they go down that road, it's forever will dominate their path. So this is why we use the tactics that we do. Without you. The Shire Free Church offers a sanctuary to those seeking an escape from state churches. The Shire Free Church is an interfaith, diverse group of people that may not share identical theological beliefs. As a member in or minister of the Shire Free Church, you are a sovereign individual and may be the faith of your choice. We don't claim to have all of the answers. We are open to all peaceful people. We want to learn from each other. What unifies the Shire Free Church and its diverse members is peace, love, and liberty. There are many paths to God, one for every individual. The Shire Free Church does not define a specific path beyond these parameters that must be your foundation. Peace as your way. Love as your guide. And liberty as your light. Learn more at church.shiresociety.com. That's church. ShireSociety.com. This hour, Declare Your Independence on the Free Talk Live Network is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is a cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Let's talk about your positive experiences using Dash. Dash has transaction fees that are less than one cent. Dash transactions are instant irreversible and are protected from 51% attacks by its chain locks technology. Dash is the world's first decentralized autonomous organization. BitRefill allows for discounted purchases at national retailers. We want to thank Dash Dow for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Roads? It's the Ernest Hancock Show. Where we're going, there aren't any roads. options are, what's really happening to them, and why. But, solutions. What can they do? Do, 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 do about it. So, that's what we offer, an inspiration of things that we do. If Dr. Frank 
does in his profession and his area and his activism and so on, what I do, what the audience does, because Freedoms Phoenix is a tool. Matter of fact, just yesterday, we've been up here. One of the reasons I'm up in Maine is our IT guy expert, Derek, is, uh, you know, super Michelangelo geek of he can build and do, got machine shop, you know, does all kinds of IT stuff. I mean, the guy's a genius, you know. Well, what happens is he likes to, he needs to get ready for the zombie apocalypse. I got, you know, grandpa left me 50-something acres not too far from his home up here. And uh, he's got, you know, tractors and bulldo- you know excavators and skid steers and dump trucks back there and a wood mill. And, you know, we've been a building because that's what he wants to do. He feels better doing that. He can do all this other stuff. But he really wants to do that. So I've been helping as much as I can, spare time going and plowing and chainsawing and logging and milling and whatever, so I can get a single morning of him to sit down, go into his bat cave, and work on the site and do some things that we need to do to make it work better for what we have planned. And we were doing that. The Freedom Forum on Freedom's Phoenix used to be a buzz, man, it was rock and roll and whatnot when we first started back in 05. We've been doing this a long time. So now we need that functionality when everybody went to all these platforms. They go to Twitter and Facebook and whatever the heck they go to. But they're controlled. They're surveilled. You know, the Facebook threads is like you might as well just, you know, do it on .gov TV or something. I mean, you know, this has been so obvious. So we are resurrecting a lot of our capacity to keep it inside and controlled by, by, by me. You know, if you don't like me to be your benevolent dictator, well, then don't come. Because we are not going to allow the trolls. We are not going to, you know, you have free speech as much as you want until I don't like it. You know, whatever. Because you're going to be an ad to the community or you are not. And if you don't like that, then don't come. I don't care. You know, and I do my best not to get involved, but I don't care. Because I, I don't care. You can say whatever you want. I don't care. But when you start to ad hominem, when you're going after people, when you're gaslighting people, when you make the subject somebody that expresses an opinion as opposed to the opinion, then I know you're working for the man or you're missing your calling and you should be getting paid by him. You know, I've been you know on the boards and everything since the early 90s. I saw when the Internet was freaking freedom and it was awesome. You could go on to any site, certainly a freedom oriented libertarian site. And there would be, you know, professionals, doctors, lawyers, astrophysicists. I mean, you know, any and every you could ask any question and get a succinct, clear, non-political answer. And it was just amazing. The communities that were created, you know, just. You know, on their own. Reddit became very popular for that very reason. Then it got infiltrated. So we understand how to set it up so that we can get back to the way people communicated before all of the infusion of the control. And it was amazing how long it took them to do. It was about 2004. Now, I can tell you when it happened. One, you started having broadband, so people were able to, you know, do some butt whipping, which is where James Corbett came from. He moved to Japan. Japan had high-speed Internet in the apartment that he had, so he could do all this research and create. Boom! The Corbett Report was born because he had access to information quickly. When that happened, during the 04 presidential campaign, Howard Dean, running for the Democratic nomination, you know, he was showing that he could bypass 
the controls of the elite and who got selected. And he's going, he was creating flash mobs with this new fangled internet thing. And all of a sudden, boom, thousands of people show up at rallies. And he got up and he's going, woohoo, man, we're rocking. Ooh, the woohoo that killed his presidency. But that was it. That was the best they could come up with. But they had to stop him. Now, they bribed him to get him to shut up and say, here, you can be chairman of the Democratic National Committee, you know, but you can't be the nominee or whatever crap that was about. And I don't give a crap. I don't remember what he was, another socialist, or who cares? But the point was, is they have to have you in control. If you're not in their control, then you're out of control. And the other one <clears throat> that was a really good example. There was a guy who was a video gamer, and he had a following of like 60 million people. Oh, he does play video games. His name was PewDiePie. Who gives a crap about PewDiePie? What the hell's a PewDiePie? But what happened was he had so many young men that were, you know, every word that he said or he called BS on some woke social whatever the hell years ago, woo man, you're being banned, canceled, whatever, or you're going to be part of us and we're going to pay you, you know, what? I don't even remember what happened to that. But they had to control these kinds of people. Who breaks out? The Tucker Carlson's. How, you know, how broke out is he really? I don't know. Joe Rogan, how broke out is he really? I don't know. You know, I'm glad they're there. You know, they're, you know, getting a lot of information in the uh, general public mind. But this is, we are at a war with the access to your mind. This is Alex Jones stuff. It's a war for your mind. It's an info war. Damn skippy it is. So yeah, this- and it's, it, yeah, it's happening at such deep levels. I mean, some, some ways it's kind of overt. And I'm just thinking, I'll, I'll, I'll give you just, just two examples, one overt and one not so that I just ran into. One, Ernie, you're going to love, uh, Walt, back to Disney again. Um, one yeah, the, uh, Frank Marvel keeps movie. saying it's not about Disney. It's always about Disney. I, I know. They're the poster child for everything we're talking about, business, culture. No, they are. But, I mean, but, they are a good but, example. But, but, yes, they are. And this one maybe is news to you, Ernie. I know one of uh, probably the best Marvel movies that we could all agree on, I think, was Captain America, Civil Winter War, Soldier. Winter Soldier. Right. I mean, those were I mean, it was saying a, for, for a comic book movie it was saying a lot. And by the way, the actual Civil War comic book series that came out about 15 years before the movie is fantastic. It really is. It's a very mature story that uh, they just touched the surface in the movie. But it dealt with, of course, government surveillance right? Captain America representing the old world of America because Captain America was frozen from the 1940s. Right. I mean, that. He represents that time. So it was fascinating that Marvel Disney at that time was even willing to portray an old America as a hero wearing red, white, and blue. I mean, I have to give Kevin Feige uh, a, a, you know, props, <laughs> but, but then again, they were already stuck on that journey because when Marvel was sold to Disney, Marvel had already put those movies in production or at least in story. So I think Disney okay, I gotta with- I gotta put the reminder to people about this very because I remember this. Captain America was in the sixties against them dirty hippies that weren't in support of America doing war in Vietnam. I mean they used him for that. Then you had um I remember it was in the mid two uh, thousands or before uh the level issue it had to be like oh three, oh five around in there. That that I remember us covering it on in oh nine ten on the show. Spider Man which is Marvel Comics. It got, you know, taken up by Sony there for a while or something. Spider-Man was used 
to sell vaccinations for the United Nations. They were right. pushing a bunch of their kid books and UNICEF and whatever the hell that they're doing. They have anything that has influence, influencers, comic book characters. Now, them with this, you know, you misogynist America, and you can't, we can't have a, you know, uh, any heroes that are straight white men. Well, who comes to mind? DC's Superman. So in the comic books, I remember a year or two ago, Frank comes on the show and he says, you know, they used a kryptonite trap, a cell of whatever, and they entrapped Superman uh, in prison. They got to wait for Batman to go save him or something. I don't know what happened with that. But they had him in prison where they raped Superman every day. They're in the comic book. They're raping Superman. Who the hell are the writers for that? Okay, when did that then DC Comics, Batman and Robin, Robin's gay now. I mean, you could see it coming because it hit the comic books first. Then it starts getting into the movies. And now you got this menagerie of what are the hell's going on? Disney and Marvel now, you know, and of course, and of course, also the truth, justice, the American way. They took out the American way. Right. Better so they're all. changing all that up. They're trying to erase what these characters even stood for. Truth, and justice and a better tomorrow. Way. It's getting in their way. Well, here's here's what I'm getting to with this. We're talking about some of the some of the, some of the culture and, and the fight that we're having. Um, this is more overt. So the comics talked about this. The comics were created when America was, you know, uh, you know, America and the evil commies, right? I mean, the Red Skull, all the bad guys. A lot of them are Russians or Germans. It was kind of easy, uh, easy villains back in the day. What's happening though is is that communism. And socialism is being taught in the schools now as a good thing. That communism, socialism is just, it's misunderstood. And it's a bunch of right-wing talking points that, that, that have, have mislabeled this. Uh, people like Bernie Sanders, you know, as, as a champion of this sort of, of thinking. So I'm sure at this point they don't even hide it anymore. And they don't like anything that puts down communist philosophy. I mean, that's actually what's happening. And so the comic books are kind of a problem here because Disney buys Marvel. Marvel's written you know, in the fifties and sixties and seventies, especially in the eighties when it was against the so you know the, the the Cold War and all of this. I mean, that's what Watchmen was all about, right? Watchmen it was a kind of a meta study on politics of the time. But anyway, now the movies are adopting those comics. So the Civil War series was uh, Steve Rogers, you know, Captain America, and and fighting back against fascism taking over America and government surveillance and. And that was a highlight for a bunch of the libertarian community going, wow, they actually went there. Well, the story is supposed to continue to, 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 to destroy the new world order, okay, which is the, the, the ultimate global, it's like the globalist agenda, right? I mean, and in the comics, it's called the new world order storyline. And the new comic books, uh, sorry, the new Captain America movie, which is coming out very soon, is supposed to continue that. And, of course, I was thinking, I can't believe Disney, who now owns Marvel completely, would continue that. Well, I'm hearing rumors, of course, that they've completely you know, jettisoned the story, and it's a name only, but they kept the, the title New World Order. However, just this past week, and it took a while to get to the, news, the pseudo news here, Disney just changed the title of the movie because they don't want New World Order to be considered a bad thing and now they've changed the title to Brave New World. So that is what they just did with the new Captain America movie. It's another way to soften 
the idea that maybe globalism and new world order isn't that bad after all. So, I mean, I'm, I'm literally watching them do this with the title of the movie uh, and, of course, the content of that. And then one other, uh, a, a different example, I said one is more overt. To me, that's an overt one. Disney's just kind of showing you what they're doing. Um, but I, I had an interesting experience. I went, uh, I had some family come out of town to visit this last week. And uh, I had paid money for a young person to uh, digitize a lot of the home movies that I inherited from my, uh, my grandparents, my Italian grandparents, all the super eights and way back in the day from uh, the 1950s and 60s. I mean, I guess they paid for one of those old cameras. Um, so anyway, we were about to throw them all out. And I thought, you know what? Let me get someone to, 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 right. to, to film to record it. Anyway, so we got the flash drive and my family's all together. We're sitting there watching all these old movies without sound. And um, yeah, obviously a lot of memories, nostalgia. I haven't seen that. It's a lot of them I never saw before. Saw my mom on her first date with my father. That was pretty astounding to see that moment, you know, on film. Um, but one of the things I was seeing, uh, were the, 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 the memories coming back when I was a child were the Italians, I get them half Italian, where they would get together every weekend, every weekend they were, they were together and you see all these movies and they're just having a blast. My grandparents lived in a tiny, tiny house, like a row home, uh, like you've seen all in the family with Archie Bunker, you know, it was like row homes and that's where they lived. They were a tiny home like that. And they had no land, you know, they were just, just kind of poor people who just had family. And I remember going down into their basement, and their basement is probably the size of just one of my rooms in my house here, probably even smaller. And the entire family, you know, 20 people would just cram down into the basement. There's no windows. They would just put on some lights, and they would just party and sit around in a circle in the little folding chairs, and they'd just be laughing and dancing and doing the polka and whatever and i'm sitting there watching it and i remember those times and i sit back and i'm i'm watching these videos and it's a different world i mean you know they didn't have really great air conditioning there wasn't televisions on it was just them and yet then i look around and some of the people in my family as they're watching this the young people they're there glow face they're sitting there on their computer and their phones the entire time as they're even looking at videos of family now i know you know young people don't always care about you know old old movies but, but to see when do we have that experience now, whenever you get a group of people together, in two seconds, when, when there's one distraction, people reflexively go to their phone, right? And everyone's glow-faced, you know, which is, you know, just everyone's looking at their screens. You know, that happened. And, and I think when we talk about culture, I'm just making a point that, that before we entertained ourselves, we created family bonds. Going back to the beginning, the family, the family unit, uh, culture, religion. All of these things, because when my family got together every week, it wasn't because uh, it wasn't like Christmas every week. It was someone's someone's uh, christening. It was a wedding. It was uh, someone graduated a school. There's like 20 grand, 50 grandkids, you know. So there was always the reason to get together. So the culture, the community was always bonded and could entertain each other with stories, which keeps a strong culture. But today I've got my own family and everyone's on their cell phone watching or reading some article or a video or a video game connected somewhere. I mean, this one family member was on the computer playing video games with, with people from around the country, around the world. You know, I mean, literally sitting there talking to someone from Russia, probably playing a video game, and I'm having a different conversation. We're all in the same room, and our brains, our mental, our consciousness is already separated and split apart even when we're in the same room. 
And that is such a profound change in the bonding of human beings on a very basic level. And it just, it just hit me hard watching those videos thinking that wasn't that long ago. But yet that is obviously compounding the problem that we have today. You know, I had that same experience. It was a, a few Christmases ago. And, uh, you know, we have a large family. And, you know, they were all my kids, grandkids and friends and, you know, in-law relatives. I go into, you know, <clears throat> you know our, our front room that we had at the house, you know, kind of sunken area there. I go in and everybody around the entire room is sitting on the floor, all of them at the same time. We're looking at their phone all blue face on a sunny Christmas morning afternoon at the and I'm like, What the crap? I go, I go, Are you guys serious? You know, and but what they were doing, and they go, Oh Papa, you're being a pain in the butt. What they were doing is they were all sharing gifts that they had, all their favorite pictures and everything. So they created their own little, you know, uh uh family uh, channel or something, and they were just all adding to it. Well, I go, okay, that's cool. I'll sit down with. <laughs> so, so at least they were all, you know, uh, using the technology to share with each other live while they're sitting there. And I was going, are you freaking kidding me? So of course, you know, they had to, you know, I, it, they weren't doing what I thought they were doing. But it, it technology does allow for. You know, certain things that you could do. But I know your point, man. That's why I said something. I'm like, no freaking way. Are you? Well, they were, you know, enjoying each other's company and sending stuff. And it was pretty funny, you know. But Well, the, if, you, if, you, if you think about it, Ernie, where it's, it's one example of the family unit. Because typically, you know, blood's thicker than water. You have a strong family. But when you're amongst family... And yet you're still interacting with people who are not family. Doesn't mean that it's bad, but you know, you're, you're listening to uh, some podcast or you're reading an article or a video game friend or whoever, but met consciously we're distracted. You know, we're, 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 our brains are interacting with some other person with a whole different worldview, which is, doesn't mean it's bad. It's just that, that, that the concentration of like-minded people that come from the same the same neck of the woods, the same music, the same high school, the same religion, perhaps the same you know, which is what it was the glue that kept kept us together. Um, now, Grant, you can make the argument that you know, well, this is the advantage of technology is that we don't have to be just mired in the world that our family gave us. You know, if our families come from a certain part of the country, you know, maybe you don't want to live there. You know, now with technology, we can get to hop in an airplane and live wherever we want, we can, we don't have to listen to the same music that the entire family does. Now I can listen to some obscure, you know, whatever song from wherever that uh, no, no one else has ever heard. So yes, the individuality and we as libertarians who uh, obviously, you know, uh, a champion freedom and to do whatever you want and, and no one's going to tell us what the culture should be. It should be organic and that's true. But it's the circular argument that Ernie and I spend a lot of time sometimes on this point. We won't do it much today. But which is, is how do you have such freedom to do whatever you want, but then the freedom can lead to people doing so free that they do their own culture. They become different people from everyone around you. And then you need more rules and regulations because the more people are different from each other, then the more rules and regulations they often need to keep everyone in check. Whereas if everyone's homogenized in a society like the Japanese are still somewhat uh, like our country used to be, uh, other cultures, the more homogenized you are, then the less 
you know, conflict you have because everyone's on the same page. Now, granted, no one wants to be told to be a certain way, but you didn't need to be told or forced to think or act a certain way because the culture did it for you and you felt completely free within the confines of your culture. But you blow that culture apart, then everyone's at at odds, which is like what you said in the beginning of the show. Heck, now they're doing it on purpose. You know, if black and white people are getting along too well, let's just, you know, piss them off to, to each other. Or now we've got men and women arguing. Now we've got, you know, trans people. We have to debate whether a man is in a woman's bathroom at this point because of we need distractions. Use my that pronouns. Yeah, exactly. And my exactly. pronouns are I told you so. So, you know, you should use my pronouns. You know, they, I was like, you know, I missed half of what you were saying because I was looking at my phone. But, you know, what <laughs> <laughs> You know what I was looking for is um, uh, there, it reminded me, and it's so appropriate, those of you that are live on the stream, go to the top of Freedom's Phoenix right now. I just uh, reset it and put it to the top, and it's – uh, a couple of months old. But what happened, what was this, uh, 525? I went to visit with my nephews in New York City. And uh, they were home for college and school and everything. And, you know, we're hanging and, and stuff. And then, of course, all this woke crap came up. And how. And then I went to visit Richard Grove, who's a good friend in, in Connecticut, on my way back up to New Hampshire, Maine. And I stopped by and said, yo, what's up? And... I was telling them about my experience with my nephews and how their mindset is on how important it is to be inclusive and diversity and yada, 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 yada. And um, he goes, yeah, it's all part of, you know, the machine and then the general public opinion thing and dividing and all that kind of stuff. And he had just done an interview with a fired um, guy's MIT professor or something. He was a professor of um, uh, Marx. Marxism. He taught Marxism as an academic to the students, not pro-Marxist, just he was teaching it, you know, probably negatively, you know, this is what it is, and this is why it's bad, you know, kind of thing. And uh, it was a fascinating interview, and the guy's name is, uh, what was his, the professor's name? Michael Reckenwald. Now, what had happened is the left targeted him and got him fired. And they were just like, oh, no, he's, he's not doing it right. He's doing it wrong and got, and got rid of him. Got, we got him canceled of weed and you're done. So then he sues and wins. So, you know, wrongful term, whatever it was, it became a big deal. And he wanted to be, uh, he was lobbying to be head of the Mises Institute after Jeff Dice, which used to be, um, he's with the Mises Institute. And he stepped down to go do some other stuff. And he was chief of staff for Ron Paul in Washington. I worked with him on several things. And what happened was that opening was there. And this Michael guy goes, I want to take this. I want to be, we're going to whip some butt. Well, he had an axe to grind because of how he was treated for telling the truth. Welcome to Declare Your Independence on the Free Talk Live Network. It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! 
fear, no fear, no fear here on Declare Your Independence with me, Ernest Hancock on the Free Talk Live Network. Now, in this third hour, we're going to put in as much of the conversation as we can squeeze in between me and Dr. Frank Tamburi that we've been having every week for eight years. And it's it's politics, culture, uh fake news, (laughs) and a lot of things that are of interest to he and I that we do every week. Now, you can get the full conversation at Declare Your Independence with ErnestHancock.com, or you go to Freedoms, Phoenix, Freedom with an S, Phoenix, P-H-O-E-N-I-X.com, spelled out, and in the top right on the front page, you'll see access to Declare Your Independence radio show. Now, you go in there, and you'll see uh, Dr. Frank Tambury and I, and there's going to be uh, at least a couple hours more of this conversation when we end in this hour, but you get the gist of what we talk about and what we do, and I wanted to share it with you. So where we're picking it up, there was a professor that teaching Marxism as an academic, not in support of it. You know, he was teaching it as part of their political science and so on. Well, of course, he wasn't in support of it enough that they canceled him. And um, he filed suit and won. And then where we're picking it up from is he was lobbying to be the new head of the Mises Institute, which is, you know, kind of just think Ron Paul, you know, uh, libertarianism. And there was an opportunity for me to take that right when I had left visiting my nephews, three nephews, freshmen in high school and two in college, and love them to death, you know, my brother and sister-in-law, but they're in New York City, you know. So what I had done, we talked a lot about what was happening socially and such, and then, of course, they get old Uncle Ernie's opinion, and when I went to visit with Richard Grove from Tragedy and Hope and Autonomy, he is very well read, does great show, Grand Theft World, and talks about a lot of these things. And he had a standalone interview with a, a, a gentleman that was this professor that was fired, and then he wanted to take on the newly vacant position at the Mises Institute, and that would give him the influence to do whatever work he think needed to be done. Well, that conversation was a really good example of what um, is being done and why and how. This Marxism, that you know, this canceling culture, we've been uh, warned of this as a mechanism, as a method by which the communists and socialists and China and Russia take over societies and you know, yada, yada, yada. But the point was, it was a really good education for my nephews. So what I did is I'm, do I, do I just send it straight to them or do I include the parents? Well, that's where we left off and we'll talk about it. Well, he had an axe to grind because of how he was treated for telling the truth. So I sent it to my um, sister-in-law and said, look, you know, these guys are young. One of them's in high school. And you know, I would just send it because they were asking about this. And, you know, you know, Papa Ernie, Uncle Ernie, you're just, you know, freaking old fuddy-duddy didn't know what's up. And I'm going, look, there is a reason for how and why they're doing this. This is a mechanism. We've had KGB guys, you know, defect on America and say, let me tell you what we're doing. You know, I'll tell you exactly how this happened. I'll tell you what the Marxist ideology is and the methods by which we take over and disintegrate a country and the yada, 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 yada. And this guy taught it 
in university, got fired for it, then wins, you know, a uh, lawsuit against the university. So I go, if you want to know the history of how this is being used and what's done, here it is. But I send it to my sister-in-law. I will leave it up to you to send to your freshman in the high school son. Even though Uncle Ernie, I can, you know, we talk about this stuff, and I can send, and it's powerful stuff. It'll definitely change or do some cognitive dissonance on them. But as a parent, because she was supportive of you know the left and the ESG, DEI, whatever stuff, and because uh, she's in the publishing, she's in media. She runs uh, the website for a major uh, influencer in the media in New York City. So, but I think. She's smart enough to see what's going on. She experiences it. But she also knows one wrong word, one wrong thing said, boom, she loses her job. And she's got, you know, three guys need to get through college kind of thing. Now, her husband, I just talked to this morning, you know, her husband is, uh, you know, whippy-dippy in finance in New York, whatever. They, They do fine, but, of course, you always live up to... You know, your lifestyle lives up to how much you can finance kind of crap. So you know, they want their jobs. I remember years ago, I found out he was paying $2,600 a month in property taxes. And he has like a, I'm, you know, a nothing size It's a McMansion on this eighty posted stamp, you know, uh, house lot. And I'm like, whoa, damn. So this is... Um, important to them to make it through this stage of their life. And I think finances and their, their uh, dependence on their job in New York city without, so that's going to determine a lot of what you say and don't say, and sure as heck what you relay to your children to justify what it is you do for a living kind of thing. So, so it's interesting. Um, there was a, you know, the young Turks, uh, we don't talk, talk about them much, but you know, they're a, a, a left wing funded, uh, media, so-called media yep. group, propaganda group. You guys yep. know about, you know, Jim Where, uh, Dave anyway, Rubin came uh, from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a few people, actually. Um, uh, but anyway, but uh, uh, Anna, Kas- Anna Kaspara, who is, you know, the, the the very loud, opinionated lady on that show, but she has been under attack recently um, about talking, about compl- complaining that uh, lefties are calling women uh, like birthing machines or something, you know, she's getting offended by some of the words being used. Uh, also, the the the, the hyper vigilance on on words about calling everyone a racist for having an opinion. Things that, of course, we've been you know most of us in the audience been dealing with for quite a long time. But what's fascinating is is that Frankenstein's monsters come back to haunt him. You know, and 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 to her credit, she's standing up for this sort of this. Now, it's amusing for us to watch. But as predicted, you know, if you if it's kind of like that old poem, you know, that I they, they attacked one group and I didn't say anything. And then they went after another group and I didn't say anything. And then they came after me and there's no one left to defend. Right. Obviously, that was from World War Two. And uh, you guys know the poem. But it, 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 we all predicted this. You know, you're going to first blame conservatives and right wingers. But then pretty soon it's going to be you're going to believe you know, then you blame men. And then pretty soon it's going to be women and then white women. And then it's going to be, you know, then, of course, the, 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 you blame the Chinese or you start blaming. Everyone's to blame. Eventually, if you go down that path, it's going to come around to you. Yep. And it's happening now. Right before this election, the people on the left are having to make a choice and figure out, you know, is this is this really worth it? Is Donald Trump or whatever? What the I've been brown told, shirts got up charges, sought is after first. So bad. 
Is it so evil that we need to continue destroying, you know, the, the fabric of things or continue to put experimental drugs in my body, you know, in order to, in order to spite so no one calls me a right winger, God forbid. I mean, how far are you going to go to supposedly make a point to save democracy, as the media keeps saying? And at what point do you look in the mirror and say that maybe you're the problem with the democracy? So uh, anyway, it's, it's uh, uh, you know, a, a, a deeper problem there. Um, I want to yeah, go over uh, so some I, of the, wanted, the news uh, on Freedom's Phoenix because there's so much good stuff that I want to get. Yeah, can I on. start off with a news story before we get off? I, I, of one course, I you can. I like, want to bring I can one stop up. You. I want to bring one up. It's Israel. I always like to bring some foreign, uh, uh, foreign events, current events. So uh, Israel just had a revolution in a way uh, with their Supreme Court. Did you hear about this, Ernie? Yeah, there are some judicial changes that they were doing. The people were protesting by the gazillions in the street, and then they did it anyway. And I don't even know what the real issue was. What's up? So, so uh, uh, kind of more of a, a, a quick version of this is that they, um, the, 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 they're, now first off, it's a new country, right? I mean, Israel was founded in what, 1948, was it? Yeah, 48, 48 right. I so, I mean, that's since they're a new country. I mean, they're still figuring things out. I mean, our own country went through a few different iterations as it went. But the, the country has their Congress. Now, they don't have a House and Senate. It's one unified Congress called what the, the Senate, right? Is that what it is? The, uh, the, the, the Knesset. I'm sorry, the Knesset. So it's called the Knesset. Hopefully I'm pronouncing it properly, guys. Um, and that's their Congress. And everyone in there is voted on by popular vote. So it's sort of our House of Representatives, Senator, all kind of put together. So they do have a say. The people have a say. Well, yeah, forgetting that, about voter irregularity, votes for uh, I think their prime minister or their head of state is voted by the Knesset, and it's not. They're not exactly for I think. Yeah, that, 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 well, that, exactly. So yeah. if, you, if you say the executive branch, if that's their prime minister, yes. So it's from the Knesset. The, the uh, oh, I keep getting around the, the the Knesset itself, but the Knesset is. In theory, uh, it's all voted on by the people. Um, but there has been an issue in that the, is that the Congress has been transformed for quite some time to be more nationalist, pro-Israel, uh, whereas, um, you know, the globalists that were part of their Congress have been eventually kind of kicked out, right? So they've been flooded out. However, when it came to the vaccine issue and other issues of Israel, what keeps stymieing apparently the conservative or the, let's just assume that the wish of the people of being conservative is that they have a globalist Supreme Court in Israel. Um, and that's what the fight has been over. And why? It's because the Supreme Court in Israel, according to their constitution, is not voted on by the people. It is um, it's handed down from each other. So in other words, if Ruth with, with, with Ruth uh, uh, Ginsburg, um, but before she passed away, she could, in Israel, name her successor. Uh. So the Supreme Court justices name who they're, who's going to follow them. And you can just automatically understand how that's a yeah. problem when they're the highest level. So this is what happened. So in, is, in Israel, they, the, the Knesset, they, um, they, they, they got enough votes to say, we're going to change the Constitution to allow the Supreme Court to, I guess they vote them in or whatever the change is. But the leftists, and especially the leftist media in our country, was going ballistic. They're talking about how, you know, the racists and the bigots and the Trump people and everyone have ruined Israel 
and Israel's trying to self-destruct their own government and ruin their entire, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they're, they're having a, a hissy fit. But keep in mind, what happens when Israel is not part of the globalist agenda anymore? Especially with all the Middle Eastern policies and the economies that are starting to change and the petrodollar that's all about the Middle East. And that's a whole loaded topic. But I want to just bring that up about something the media is either not talking about or they're spinning uh, as something bad. But it's interesting when you understand the underneath about why that argument has occurred. So we'll see. We could see some real changes in Israel as a country going forward. Yeah, I you know I don't know enough about it. It, well, it's it's. Um, let's see, let's see if I got the spelling here. Um, it is K E N E S I T Knesset. I think that's how you say it. And it's um, I, I you know I probably should know more. We've had a lot of stories on it about Freedom's Phoenix on Freedom's Phoenix. I haven't you know really delved into it because. You know, I don't care. But the it is interesting, you know, to find out, you know, what the end result. I've learned more from you in the past 30 seconds than, you know, I freaking found out from all the stories that we put up. But it's um, the Netanyahu's judicial overhaul. Now, this is uh, Israel Knesset passes first bill. This was uh, 724. So this is just this is recently, the last few days. So let me go ahead and just read the first paragraph so we know what we're talking about. Israel's parliament on Monday passed a Netanyahu coalition's controversial bill that will significantly limit the Supreme Court's ability to review government decisions, despite mass protests and pressure from the Biden administration to not rush the vote. So the Supreme Court review government's decision, is that by somebody suing and taking it to them or just the Supreme Court? "Ah, I don't like it. You know, is there some instigation by a lawsuit or they're just we rule because we're a Supreme Court? I, I don't know why it matters. It's the first piece of legislation that is part of Israeli Prime Minister's Benjamin Netanyahu's judicial overhaul, a plan that has destabilized Israel's economy, military and foreign relations. Now, of course, they're going to say, you know, if they're in opposition to it and how bad it is and what it does, whatever. But keep in mind, Netanyahu was uh, indicted, attacked, gone after, and left uh, unwillingly being prime minister a decade ago or something. Because he used to be prime minister, and then he wasn't under a cloud of corruption of whatever the hell. So when he gets back in there, he, uh, you know, who was his opposition? What, you know, attacked him? Why it be like, you know, Trump getting back in going, oh, let me tell you what's happening now, okay? So this is the kind of thing that they fear Trump doing, he gets back in. You go after the deep state. Now, he would consider, you know, the uh, we don't like what your uh, the people's body did. So we're going to veto it. We're the Supreme Court. So then if it's popular enough and done like it seemed uh, the people elected the Knesset to do what. See, I that's why I don't care. I don't trust elections. I don't trust. They wouldn't do election fraud to be in charge of trillions of dollars, you know, because that would be wrong. I mean, hell, that's why they do it, you know. So I am just, I, it's just, it. What's going to matter is how this affects people' access to food. Sooner or later, this is going to turn into a food thing. It always does. To a, you know. Who's in control of my family, which means who's in charge of my children? You know, 
who steps into the middle of my relationship with my wife. And this mindset started even before I got politically active. It really had, I wrote an article about it, God, in the 90s, late 90s, I think it was. And um, um, it was called um, My Menage Trois with Uncle Sam, okay? And the reason I titled it that way, you watch the movie Braveheart. I will bless this marriage, prima nocte, first night. I will bless this marriage by taking the bride into my bedchamber and doing her, and then her husband can have her after I get done with her, okay? And I go, oh, get the right kind of nobles to take over then, you know? So this was a, a, a thing, that you had this relationship with the crown before you could even have relations with your wife. What kind of crap was that? Well, they do the same thing now. I, we got, my wife and I got married in 80, I better know this, uh, 84, I think. So we've been married 38 years or more. I mean, damn. Oh, wait a minute. What the, whoa, it's my anniversary in a couple of weeks. You want to miss that? That'd be, that'd suck. <laughs> anyway, so <clears throat> you have a wedding and you get up and, uh, we got married, uh, Donna is Catholic. You know, now she's not, but, you know, uh, Catholic, we went through the Catholic thing, and I had to go to these classes and do it, and, you know, make her family happy and, we, you know, whatever. So we go in, and they had the ceremony practice, and the priest does, and whatever, okay, fine, cool, whatever, just tell me where to sign. So, you know, I'm 23, she's 22, you know, we're, you know, doing what we're supposed to do. We're married on the campus of uh, Penn State University at a chapel there. She went there. She lived in Penn State. You know, her mother worked there and so on. So, you know, it was a nice place. We go in the day of the wedding. The wedding, then he says at the end that he didn't say in any, any of the practice rehearsal sessions or anything, by the power of the state of Pennsylvania. Now, what the crap was that? We're, we, I went through all of this ceremony and this this uh, church stuff I had to do, the Catholic this, and going through all of this pomp and circumstance of everything. I got. And then you're saying by the power of the government? I mean, what the? That just really rubbed me the wrong way. So then we, you know, sign, you got to sign the doc. You ain't really married until you, you know, sign the license of whatever in the state of Pennsylvania. Then immediately we have our honeymoon traveling back where we get to Arizona. Now that we live in Arizona, your marriage is different. You know, whatever contract that you did, that you, you know, uh, had a relationship with the government over there, now it's a different one. You got you to prima nocta, you got to, you know, you know, sleep with the you know, Uncle Sam of Arizona now, you know. And I'm going, what the crap? Then they came up with, you know, uh, God, in the early 2000s, mid-2000s, what they called a covenant marriage. Now, it was, it made it e- more difficult to get divorced. You didn't have this no-fault thing. You had to go to court. Did you have a covenant marriage? Now, you can convert your regular marriage into a covenant marriage, and then they're on the radio, and this is what they said. Yeah, you can convert to a covenant marriage to make it you're more married, and uh, be, be sure to bring your Social Security card. I'm like, what the crap? These people, the mindset of this. So I can see a lot of you, know, like my freedom-oriented people, they record the births of their children in a family Bible. They do a home birth and you'll screw you because that's legal. You know, I'm not, you know, serving up my kid to the state. You know, they get married in the family Bible. And these are atheist libertarians. They're using the family Bible because they do not want, they'd rather have it in the Bible than with the state. So I'm going, okay, you know, there's that. So I wrote the article, my 
you know, uh, Prima Nocte with Uncle Sam, you know, or it was my my uh, uh, Menage a Trois with Uncle Sam or something like that. Because what was the point I was making is that for me and my wife and my life to enter in the, the most important, long-term, impactful contract of my life, I first got to sleep with Uncle Sam or the government. You know, it, it comes into the bed with me. And I'm like, what kind of crap? It's that mentality. It's that mindset that we have to abandon. They, them those, the government, is there to protect my individual right of entering into such a contract of the witnesses of my friends and family and whatever happens to assets after and how we file our, our marriage or that contract with the county recorder or something. I mean, that's the only role they should have. And the reason there were these marriage contracts was after the Civil War. The slaves got free will. If we don't have a say of who's going to get married to whom, you could have white women marrying black slaves. We all can't have that. you got to have permission. So I'm just going now, you know, the government would, you know, like force you to, you know. So this is why with issues like abortion, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a pro-life individual. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to have a law saying you can or can't because the deal is, is once you give the government jurisdiction over the womb, Uncle Sam's filthy, stinking fist is up inside the womb of your wife, your mother, your daughters, your sisters, your your children. You got me now like, then they can force abortion. China. Prevent. You know, force. What? It's all about the force. Our mindset is that we need to have some kind of law that's going to force people to behave the way we think they should be forced to behave. Welcome to Declare Your Independence on the Free Talk Live Network. And now for the final segment of our conversation with Dr. Frank Tambury from Scottsdale, Arizona. It's been my pleasure to introduce you to our conversations that we've been having every week for eight years. If you want to hear the rest of the conversation, which goes on more hours, you go to freedomsphoenix.com, freedom with an S, Phoenix, P-H-O-E-N-I-X dot com. And the top right, you'll see the link to Declare Your Independence show with me, Ernest Hancock, and you'll find it there. Thanks for listening. There are those that just want to be left alone and those that just won't leave them alone. Which one are you? The Ernest Hancock Show. Turn that all the way. Shoot me like a rocket in the space. can and can't do, there's always going to be a new guy coming in and say, yeah, well, I want you to can't have to something else. Freedom's the answer. What's the question? And as long as you let people do whatever it is they want, as long as they're not violating the individual rights of another person or violating their pursuit of happiness or getting in their way of doing what they want to do, as long as they're not harming somebody else or violating their rights, that's the only uh, role of government that I want. And sometimes you might need that in one form or another. So I am in whatever community that you set. So I'm um, all this stuff of these old men. 
that are standing there freaking, you know, stroking out at the podium trying to tell me how to live my life. You know, I'm going, God, are you seriously? So when you get someone like Trump comes in and he started ratcheting back a bunch of government, he wasn't doing it fast or hard enough for me. I mean, there was, we could go on about a lot of stuff that he did do, but I can get a longer list of all the stuff he didn't do. And I'm just, if he gets in there again, you know, you're going to do it? You're going to do it? You're going to do it? And he's going to get bogged down just like Netanyahu is on this stuff of how they're going to start changing the deep state infiltration into how they're going to try and rule us. And I'm going, okay, well, if that battle needs to be fought, it better be on a principle. Not just, you know, finger in the wind kind of thing. It needs to be based on a fundamental basic principle of the proper role of government that the only person in my lifetime that gave good, consistent, lived it that way was Ron Paul. And why this old guy in 70-whatever years old had these young people going what he said. Spontaneous order. across, And it scared the living crap out of they, them, those. Because it demonstrated that the people can rise up whenever they really want to, and you build up the pressure, and they have the internet or information or the ability. Because I remember it was fax trees. We would do printing. We had our own printing press. We would put up signs. We'd run for office. We'd do... Then the internet came, and what's the first thing they want to do? Control it. You get cancer. You're not allowed to say that. You get prosecuted. You're 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 going to jail. You showed up January 6th. Hunter Biden gets away with freaking everything, and they're not raiding him. And then, you know, like Stuart Rhodes, Oath Keeper, doesn't even go into the Capitol. They give him 18 years. You know, I just think the, the, the balance here is so off, but it always finds an equilibrium. It always does. Throughout my life, it always has. It, but the problem is, is they use force. They use incarceration. They use we major. We're in charge now, so we're going to go this other way. And they never give up their power. They'll take that power that the previous administration got and then beat over the head their enemies on whatever the hell it is they want to do. You know, where is the dismantling? That was kind of what Reagan was all about. And what did they saddle him with? George Bush. You know, so it's just, I, I don't believe politics to be the answer. It may be the soapbox. It may be, you know, a manifestation of these kinds of things will happen. But if you want real change, it's going to be local. It's going to be in your community. It's going to be at your municipality. It's going to be in your valley, your neck of the woods, as far as you can see. And if it's over the horizon, what do you care? You know, I, I, I let the you know crazy people over there do whatever. You know, you don't conquer. The reason you never conquer Afghanistan is because they don't have a national soccer team. There is no you know, Afghanistan proper. They don't care. It's, you know, it's the, the villagers of this one valley of this is ours and not yours. You know, oh, you think it's yours? Oh, your hind helicopter, Soviet, whatever the hell. Bring it. You know, we got rifles. So this is what we're up against. It's up against force. Somebody else imposing their will on you. And they and I am very encouraged by one main thought. It's taken them decades, generations, and unlimited amounts of I can print it money to the tune of tens of trillions of dollars to try and take over the heritage, the mindset, and the individual rights of America. They have been on a full-court press for a long time, and they just can't quite do it. 
and the Second Amendment has a lot to do with it. Not because, you know, they got to rise up and start shooting the bastards, but because we have that mindset. Because we have the confidence, the self-confidence that we can when it gets down to it. And we're starting to realize it's getting down to it. And when everybody's going to realize we're down to it is when it becomes a food thing. Guarantee it. Here we go. All right. Into my rant. Go, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I know some current events. You want to go to the current events. I want to ask. I, I, I don't know where this is going to go. Do you want to discuss the Hunter Biden thing right now? It's the, Don't care. The, the, what are you going to tell yeah, me? I going to say that. The, huh. well, it's, well, of course it's corrupt. Did you did you hear this morning about what the, the transcripts from the court yesterday, courthouse yesterday and what the administration tried to do? Did you, did you kind of get the gist of it? They, no. All I know that? is is that they had a deal. He went in and said not guilty, broke the deal, and then they got another deal. Somebody, you know, drag it out, drag it out, drag it out, and then the election's over and nobody cares. And it's, they just delay, 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 deny, delay. I, You know, I don't care. You know, it's just it, the, the longer they can drag this out and the stupider they can make them look, the better as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, I'm not going to uh, I, I won't go into the details too much, but let me just give you the, 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 the quick overview. Of, and we can get into the details if you want or you can research it more. More, I'm sure, will come out. Uh, pardon you guys if I get a couple oh, the of stories details all over wrong Freedoms here. Phoenix. I just I don't even I'm sure it is the, on this crap. I don't the, care. The, the, the gist <laughs> the gist is that. You know how, like a Congress, they you know they they want to you know build if they want to give someone uh, their best friend a bunch of money, millions of dollars. What do they do? They put a they hide it into a rider, right? Pork, we call pork barreling, right? So you sit there and you just or they hide just buy your paintings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's pretty much apparently what just happened here. That that Hunter Biden was pleading guilty to the gun charge, if I get this correct. He's got the gun charge and then the tax charge, which is really where all the corruption is at. But apparently he decided he'd agree to 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 to, to be guilty, I believe, for the gun charge, but hidden in the plea deal, you know, like subsection 56, blah, 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 is something very interesting, which says that part of the plea deal to the gun charge is that he will not be held liable or cannot be found in contempt or, you know, charged with anything found in the tax case. So in other words, in other words, he said he, he pleads not guilt or, or guilty to the gun charge just to think, OK, the judge and everyone thinks, all right, there he's just admitting to that one. It's just the gun issue. But yet hidden in there is the fact that whatever is found in the rest of the trial uh, nothing can count, and he won't be held liable, and, and and in the future as well. Okay, this is my comment. So, as a libertarian, he got away with not having to pay taxes. Good on him. I don't care. Okay, <laughs> you know, and the so, gun thing, well, don't well, care. It's not just the tax <laughs> issue. It's the, it's the it's the well, you know, it's like Al Capone. You know, they got him on the tax. Right. So in essence, that's what they're doing here. Is but that they're not going to go after the real corruption. You know, well, him, you know, well, selling access to his dad as VP and president well, that's, to China. Well, that's the question. I, mean, that's I, mean, I don't know, up. Ernie. Yeah, well, you're making that assumption. And look, the the, the, the record of the Republicans in this country is uh, not too stellar, right? I mean, at this point, the average normie just doesn't even, doesn't even care to watch this stuff because what, what, what's the answer? You know, nothing's going to happen. That's what everybody says. Nothing's Epstein, you know, I mean, that's the worst that happens. And he just commits suicide. So nothing happens, you know, whether it's Hillary or whomever. 
So why bother even investing your time anymore? Um, so, yeah, I certainly get that. However, you know, we'll see. Is there teeth in this new uh, Republican Congress? Is there teeth or at least pretending to be teeth because there's an election year coming up? They're just up that, negotiating. You know, well, well, they're going to the, get the paid. Is, you know, we're going to find well, out, you know, uh, all the corruption that happened, with, you know, Joe Biden and, you know, Hunter Biden, and how much money get right, you know, right along with Epstein's client list and Pfizer's uh, your research on their vaccine 75 years from now. I, I, I don't care. I've been waiting on JFK stuff. And then what happens? RFK Jr. is running. He goes, yeah, the CIA killed my dad. And everybody goes, yeah, we knew that. You know, like what? We needed the media to tell us. You know, he's got everybody's going, Ooh, the revelations of oh my god, there's evidence that they didn't we're going, What, you think we didn't know? You know, it's just they just delay, 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 yeah. deny, I, delay. I know, I know. Look, as I was telling the audience, you know, these are the type of stories that Ernie and I used to break down into detail, but it's gotten to a point after Don't all care. these years and and half of me almost agrees with Ernie, but is it worth even bringing any of these things up? Because is there even interest anymore? Uh, Tim Poole even said the same thing. He said, you know, he used to get a lot of hits with certain uh, process political stories like this, kind of like the, you know, with, with the with the, the Hunter Biden stuff about uh, uh, what, what was it, the Russians? I forget their names now. During the um, the FISA court scandal uh, with Trump, uh, what was the name of that company? A new. Um, I forget there was that. Uh, They're all interchangeable. It doesn't anyway, matter. Anyway, whatever. We, we, we had that whole map. We, we had a whole flow chart from the Epoch Times. No, of like remember. 50 different things. All of that. We used to go through. At this point, is, is anyone even interested? I definitely know Ernest Hancock typically isn't. Usually just ticks them off. And then we go on some, some diatribe about how, you know, big picture. And then it just doesn't <laughs> matter. But doesn't this matter. is, just I'm only matter. bringing it up, just Mr. Ernest. It's because it's an election year. It's it's we're at a very unique point where we've got Donald Trump looking at how many indictments. Another one might come down today, which is the one Bring saying it. that uh, if Trump is actually accused of insurrection, then he's scrubbed from from running for president, which is their entire tactic. And then what happens? Is there is there a riot over that? Does it go to the Supreme Court? I mean, it could be a constitutional crisis that we're about They're just to guarantee his election. I don't know what the hell they're thinking. No, I, I, and, well, I, and it yeah, doesn't. But, yeah. They're trying to disqualify him from even being there, and of then they, they they take the ability, they can just drag it out long enough that it's too late. And my thing is, is that the reason that it's not that I don't care, I care, but I've I'm, I, I've been doing this so long, I see the tactic. It's always delay, 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 deny, deny, deny. It's too late. It's too late. And you know, you know. At this point, why does it even matter? I mean, you know, Hillary Clinton goes on about Benghazi. I, you know, this this is the, the just the way it's done. And then the media lets them get away with it. The only way that this ever changes is what you're seeing is that the people are so pissed off and it's so diversified because fortunately the United States as a federation is like the independent states have their own legislatures and their own governors and their own people closer. And you get down to the counties and the cities and a lot of them are more rural. You know, but what do you see happening? I saw stats that 35 states have a smaller population than the number of illegal aliens that have come into this country since Joe Biden's been president. I'm going, whoa, yeah. damn, that makes well, me well, pause. Well, er, er, Ernie, so, so look, we're on the same page, I know, ultimately. But 
No, he, I he like. The I want the audience to know. Me. I like to have Doctor Frank for just exactly this reason that he comes <laughs> and he brings this stuff up that is important to a lot of people, and you, you need to to know. I know enough not to care, but it gives me such <laughs> pleasure to say no, I don't care. You know, so he gets to say all this stuff, so it gets said, so I can say I don't care. <laughs> I don't care, and I told you so. There we go. We I don't just, care. And matter of fact, so. our Freedom Phoenix are about to release the first Ernest Hancock doll. Where you pull the string and it's like, I don't, I don't care. care. I don't care. I, don't, I told you so. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the first one in line for that. So, um, well, the thing is, is yes, there was a point where we cared as a country. We were unified and we followed everything. But now we're getting to the point where I think people just don't care, right? They're disconnecting. Now, uh, in many ways, it's good for our blood pressure. I think it's also a sign that people have given up trying to persuade the other side, which is a bad sign. When you just give up. It's almost like, 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 like having a relationship when you care enough to at least argue when you care enough to try to go to counseling. But when you get to the point where you just don't even care to even salvage it or you're just doing your own thing, it, it, it's kind of the beginning of the end because, you know, what happens is, of course, you disconnect. You start to double down in your own world, whatever it is. Oh, I got to give a good example. And, and this is world, perfect. Right, and in the world of the politics here, it gets even worse because. And just hear me out on this. When you've got Democrats, Republicans, to keep it simple here, and they're both, we're all on the same page, and we're all watching David Brinkley uh, Sunday news program or Ted Koppel, you know, despite the politics, despite Operation Mockingbird and everything else we can go all day on, at the end of the day, you've got both sides and they're at least somewhat in check, right? And even before Fox News, you know, every, everyone is watching each other. But once you start having your own, you've got Fox News versus CNN. And yeah, I know most of us aren't even watching Fox. But when you start separating out, then at least a lot of us were still watching the other side. We were still at least following the same news story. So when Fox News first came on, you know, whatever the news story of the day was, both, you know, the conservative, liberal, whatever viewpoints were at least discussing the same news story. And slowly they start getting more and more of their own spin. But we're at a point now where not only are we having our complete different spins on things, we're covering completely different different stories. I mean, I mean, the, the, the trail derailment that happened was it in Ohio, for instance. I mean, the left media barely, barely would, would even touch that. They didn't want to talk. They moved on to something else, whereas that was a big story for other Americans. So what becomes a story becomes different, which therefore means if we're not even following what each other's stories are, it also allows corruption to go rampant as if it wasn't already but now the brakes are completely off because no side is watching the other we don't even care to hear what the other side is doing and so there is no check and balance amongst each other because we're all living in our own reality so therefore it's a train now where the brakes are off it's like that train at the end of a uh, back to the future three <laughs> when you got to go to 88 miles an hour and the red smoke comes out and that train's going off the cliff and your train That's does a wheelie like. and yeah and it's a great movie by the way and, and at that point, what I'm getting to is first, <clears throat> excuse me, we all cared and we followed each other. Now we're at the point, the last five, eight years, that depends on the person, we're not caring and we're not listening to each other. And that these stories, when I bring up, Ernie says, I just don't care, it's all details and I'll quit it and blah, blah, blah. At some point, something's going to happen where it's going to force us all to care again. Something, I'm sure, food. a flashpoint. A flashpoint where ha- will happen. Killing all the so cows, the taking the farmer's is, land. All right, so, so yeah, yeah, something. We, we don't know where what it's going to be. It's like uh, Peter Schiff food. talking about the economy. It's uh, a balloon looking for a pin to pop it. What that pin will be, 
we may not know, but when it happens, it'll go. And of course, I think we all feel that. Now, will the Hunter Biden, uh, th this thing happening right now, be part of it? It could. The, the Trump thing, if he all of a sudden is disqualified for insurrection and all. Well, you know, it might be a joke to many of us. However, that literally could be a constitutional crisis yeah, issue. Taking away my choice. So it's worth you know, bringing to not up. vote for him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, they take anyway, away my choice I, I to not find, vote for Trump. That'd be bad. I just I just find uh, the Hunter Biden thing. I'm just bringing it up because I did find it fascinating that they uh, that this is what the Biden administration attempted to do. And they got called out for it. The only reason that we're talking about it is that the judge actually read all of the details, which maybe they did not expect her to read all the details. And she found that like deep, deep within this was a rider from one plea deal affecting the other, which apparently, because I'm not an attorney, never happens. I mean, this is this is sort of like the the, the, the what do you call it? The Hail Mary pass of what the administration tried to do, which has never been seen. At least I've seen them do this with legislation. The Legislative Council, even after they vote and on the floor and I amend and whatever, then they just go and write whatever the hell they want said, that's said yeah. to happen. I've seen it. Oh, that's why. Well, yeah, know, but we're talking a court case. We're talking a specific case that everyone's watching that thing. they were so ballsy or desperate to put that in. And we would have expected a lot of judges probably would allow this to happen either because they didn't read it wow. or they would just wink, wink for, for, for the administration. But the fact that she called it out and then the plea deal all fell apart the last minute because if he can't get that that rider through, well, then he's not going to plead guilty to that that charge. But what's more important is their tactic was exposed to both sides. And I think it might wake up even more people on the left to understand yeah, what, who these people are they're dealing with. You know, this I is, know, wishful thinking, but I, I think it's a, it might make some movement there. But it's interesting. You know, it's like, it's like it reminded me what I was going to say. This is really, really apropos. You go, well, um, you know, you got to say something nice about the government. You know, they do something good, right? It got, well, he was in marriage therapy. They were, you know, going through a divorce and she didn't want to get divorced. So they're going through marriage, you know, couple therapy or whatever they're doing. And the therapist goes, now say something nice about your wife. Now she says something nice about him. I don't know. He's whatever. And they go to him and they <laughs> say, now say something nice about your wife. And he goes, huh. he thinks for a second. And he goes, well, she doesn't sweat much for a fat chick. And I go, whoa, I think it's over, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my thing is that's how I feel about government. Well, you know, our government doesn't, you know, doesn't. I don't know. I can't even say anything. There's a T-shirt there, man. It's a T-shirt right there. You know, at least uh, I. You know, what can I say nice about? You know, the United States government. What they don't kill enough people. They don't napalm enough people. They don't nuke enough people. They don't do experimental. You're you know, uh, not even told no um, uh, fully informed consent of whatever the hell for decades they've done on everybody. You know, radiate entire communities. You know, poison a bunch of black men Tuskegee experiment. You know, do you know uh, radiation therapy on entire towns? You know, vaccine everybody. You know, well at least they don't. What I mean, they do everything. You know, I just I got nothing good to say other than maybe we need some sort of protection for individual rights that might be funded collectively of the sheriff of what maybe 
And I can't think of a single time and a single circumstances throughout history that the collective that we created some entity to delegate our authority and our responsibility to somebody to protect or do something to build a dam to, you know, stop a marauding hordes across or something that didn't turn bad. Every time. Every, every, every. Let me think. There was that one time that, nope, there wasn't. Every time. So I, you can't get me to say, you know, government, it's just, well, you know, you know yeah, and they, they sweat profusely anyway. I mean, I, I, what am I going to say? You know, I have way too much experience in dealing with the courts. I've had over a dozen lawsuits. I've argued my own cases before the Ninth Circuit. I've three times in Arizona Supreme Court going. And it's and the only reason it's therapy for me, the only reason that I, you know, don't, you know, blow my brains out or whatever, because I know it's corrupt from the beginning. My whole goal is to make them say it and to make them make me. Make me and make them say it. Say it! You know, and we haven't got into the you know, with the audience about my experience with the January 6th thing, you know, the FBI subpoenaed me. After a year, they were on my butt because I interviewed, whatever. They wanted me to go testify. What they really wanted was me to certify one of the MP3s of a file that I did. They needed me to allow them to use it against someone. And But I was on it. I go, that's Fifth Amendment. I'm not going to serve myself up to you guys. And they go, oh, no, you have to because you have to because we you have to. Oh, we're going to subpoena, we'll subpoena me. Boom. Got a free flight to Washington, D.C. Had just showed up and the court was closed. And I'm going, hey, where are you guys? Well, we're working on, you know, kind of. And then finally they go, well, are you still going to? Yes, I am. You got an attorney? Nope. Going to do it on the bench. Got to have the judge explain it to me. You know, what, what are you going to do? You're going to threaten me with jail for asserting my Fifth Amendment right. Let's let's play. Let's do it. I'll, I'll serve some time for that one. And they go. And didn't and Ernie Ernie didn't, didn't they almost force you to have an attorney? They didn't even want you not to have an. Attorney. No, yeah, they were getting. Oh, you get a free attorney. Federal, we'll give you the best attorney. They go woo, and I go nope, nope. I'm doing it because I had plenty of guys wanting to be my attorney. You know, I just like nope, nope. And all of them are saying I had to comply. I go nope. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it because to have these young podcasters that will just because I knew what they're going to do. They're going to threaten force you to submit, you know, the MP3s or the files of your MP4s or the video, because we do all our own stuff on decentralized. You can't delete it, censor it. So they had the file. They just needed me to certify it so they could use it as evidence. Against whom? Well, it could be against me. And they go, oh, no, you're not the one under investigation. Yeah, says you. Isn't there a Supreme Court decision that says you can lie to me? And I say, you're lying, Saxon's not. I mean, I was nice to him, but I go, I'm not complying. I mean, they will subpoena you. I go, good. Bring it. So finally, I mean, this went on for months and months and months. And finally, every time they threaten me, I call the FBI travel agent and book my flight. This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing. But there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact PorcupineRealEstate.com. <laughs> 